No, the uh, the the second one I got, I think it was me and Bradley for this one. This was even, I think this was the the cold open for one of the episodes we did. Colin Trevorrow has been, like, I think he he talked about where Jurassic Park or Jurassic World two could go, and he talked about like because the embryos that they took from the lab go on a helicopter with the doctor and they leave the island. He was envisioning the embryos and dino DNA basically get open source and like are bid on by other countries and cultures, whoever, you know, the highest bidder could buy a dinosaur embryo and make whatever they want with the dinosaurs. Okay. So if they're, if they're trying to train dino, like that whole speech that, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character gives about like dinosaur special ops things. Like I would not be surprised if they go that direction. Like that was planting the seed for what you could see in the sequel. Oh, I don't know. It just, (laughs) it, it, I don't. I, uh, the idea of you know, oh, now Velociraptors are smart enough to be soldiers. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to get you all fired up. Oh no, no. The, the idea of him training them was cool. Like you know, using the clicker like you would with a dog and training right, them. Right. You know, that way them being like loyal to him, that was you know very plausible. But the idea that we're just going to set them loose to go after terrorists in caves, oh, yeah. it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, I mean, you know that's a basis for a movie, because you know that's going to go horribly wrong. There's no way in hell that's going to work. So, I mean, we got pretty close for Fallen Kingdom, I think. There. <laughs> I love the exasperated I think... tone that Mike took. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think like it, there's a part that we didn't get there where, where I go even further, and I'm like... Oh, this just this is just bad. Like it, because I, I remember like noting that when I was listening to other stuff, because I just was skipping around episodes, and I landed on that, and I listened for a second. It was like, oh wow, we we kind of hit that nail on the head. It, it almost that not only that it would happen, but it would suck. Like it almost made it sound like you you. It made it sound like you were feeling like it can't be that easy to write a movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's got to be yeah, much harder than what I'm thinking. Whatever of. you throw at the wall seems to stick, and that's what that's what they're going with. I mean, yeah, they, it, like it, if they put a bunch of dinosaurs in a movie and they have all that money behind the technology to make them look good, people are going to go. They're not going to give a shit about the plot, and that's what they're exploiting. And, and it has but worked. They could make, yeah, but they could make a good movie with dinosaurs at the center of it. They, they could. They did. It was it's called Jurassic the, Park. You know. <laughs> really want to see like what happens with Jurassic World 3. Is it going to be like, oh, this is a great direction for the franchise, or is it just going to be like, okay, if you're going to make another movie, just give me another one where they're in a park and the park goes haywire and shit happens. I will watch that over and over again. I hope it's cornier than that. I hope it's like the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yabba-do time. Yabba-do time. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Brian Got and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? Josh Zorch. Mr. Movie Slut. And Mike Bradley. Hey, hello. 
So we are back for another Avengers Endgame lead-in episode. This is our prep for Endgame. Um, we did our MCU rankings episode last time. We uh, recorded MCU Jeopardy, but you'll never hear it because I'm an idiot. Uh, if you if you want the explanation for that, that's on Facebook. You can listen to the last episode we did, the rankings episode. I can give you a little rundown of what the hell happened. Um, but yeah, that's some people it. didn't turn on their mics. So, some people, meaning me, I didn't turn on people's mics. <laughs> but now, but now we have like we have lore. We have show lore. That's like the lost episode. I know the episode that I fucking won. People will never hear it. <laughs> well, we do have another uh, MCU Jeopardy coming back to replace it. Yeah, we are. Uh, we are working by popular to do demand. One. Yeah, we it have is to. ready to go. We just oh. have to make it happen. All right. Uh, all right. So this will be our probably our most likely our last MCU themed episode. We planned for three. We technically did two of them, but you only heard one. And then this will be our number three. Uh, so with that being the case, this will be our last chance to get on any predictions or theories that we want to speculate about before seeing the movie. And since that's the case, this also seemed like a good opportunity to go back and listen to predictions we've made over the years and see how right or mostly wrong we were about our theories. Um, so I've got a few clips that, you know, the few clip shows we've done in the past have always been fun to go back to and listen to. So it seemed like another opportunity just to go through clips and check stuff out. Um, one question I guess I have for you guys before we start. Was there anything that you guys remember making predictions on that you think you got anything right that may show up here or anything that uh, you're curious that you can remember anyway, talking about before I'm going to, since I did a lot of this research, just step out of that question <laughs> and let them go ahead and do that's that, fair. I did remind it of my own. Bradley was the one to sort of help me come over this stuff and, and find relevant clips to try to incorporate in this episode. But yeah, so I guess this is directed more for Andy and Josh. You guys remember anything over the God, I can't remember when we started talking about the, when, I guess, Josh, the first episode we did, that was, what, 2015? Yeah, I, I know it was definitely pre-release of Age of Ultron. I want to say The first episode we did was a, was a review, of, like, not a review, but, like, a discussion for the third trailer for Age of Ultron. That was the first Bright uh, Guy Super Friends episode. Yeah, and I think we also talked about that, uh, like, fan-made power rangers thing with vanderbeek yes, i think that was in there too yeah uh yeah i would say that was like march so it was what four a little over four years ago yeah so these some of these clips go back that far oh wow so over, over the last four years then anything you guys think you you may have gotten right or has it been mostly mostly wrong any predictions you can remember making i think i predicted out? a whole bunch of people to die <laughs> that you know didn't die so <laughs> and there was a lot of that going around. It wasn't just you. Pretty much every death prediction has been wrong. Um because none of them died until Infinity War. <laughs> so Yeah, I think we had a lot of death predictions in there. There's a lot of there's a the back half of these are, are feel like mostly like soulstone predictions or where the infinity stones are going to show up that that constantly change. They're they're all different. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, I I would never presume that anything I thought in advance actually turned out to be accurate. And I, I can't remember specifics, so I, I'll just err on the side of caution and say I was <laughs> never right. All right, so we'll just, we'll queue up the tape. We'll play some of these back. Um, I've tried to order them in similar topics, so they bounce around a little bit. Some of them, some of the clips can get very long. I will try to uh, give you fair warning when we hit a longer clip. 
But, uh, all right, so kicking us off for the first one I have. This is from episode 18. This was our Ant-Man review. Um, this is, I think, Eric and I. I can't remember. I feel like Josh, you might have been a part of this, and then I think you dipped out maybe at some point. I, I don't Yeah, remember. I did. Um, but at this point of the clip, I think it's just Eric and I. Um, that much hate for Ant-Man. <laughs> yeah. Just couldn't even stay for the whole review. <laughs> uh, so this is us... We talked about, I think, so, sort of a general idea of where we thought some of these movies might be heading, um, style-wise, maybe, after Age of Ultron. Just like with Civil War, like, Age of Ultron and that could be the same thing. It runs the risk of being bloated and too much, like, do you, how do you split everything apart so to make sure that you get the story in there and, and develop the characters but still have your action and, and not be too much? Yeah. You know? Like, I, I don't know if that's what Marvel's maybe biggest problem going forward in, like, the next couple big movies is trying to not do that again. Yeah, I think the and, you know, I think Marvel Studios as a movie studio is starting to get some of the same, hit the same tropes as other movies, like, regular movie studios anymore. That, you know, you have to have the big action sequences, regardless of story and plot points. Mm-hmm. And... You know, Avengers is going to be one of those bigger movies, so we have to have more action here and more action here, and it's just it's turning into like a Transformers movie. Oh, don't we don't need to get on that. Right? And I'm afraid moving forward that even Civil War, with as bloated as much as it should be going on in Civil War, that if it it could turn out like that. So I think I'm happy to say that I don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> I think I think after Age of Ultron and and them having script difficulty and plot. Like I, f- I felt like after Age of Ultron, we were seeing movies that were getting more action and less character, and I thought that was going to be the way Marvel Studios was going to take a lot of these movies. So I think I, I definitely feel a lot better that they have not sacrificed character as much as I thought they would in a lot of these movies. I don't know if any of you guys were feeling the same way around that time or any similar thoughts. I felt like Age of Ultron was maybe not as bad for that as it got a rap for um because while maybe it didn't progress certain character stories more i felt like it did a lot to progress the story of hawkeye and bruce and natasha um as opposed to really advancing a lot about tony or thor or cap it focused more on kind of the other avengers if you will um at least in developing their character, which I feel like was actually a really good thing, looking back at it. I don't think it makes Ultron any better of a movie, but I think that I I maybe didn't have the same feeling about it at that time, and I still don't. Um, Andy, Josh, anything to add? I don't know. I, I, I (laughs) I don't think... I think Marvel would have learned from uh, the Transformers movies <laughs> that, you know, to, to call them Transformers movies, I think was a little off, I think. Um. I was, Age of Ultron did not live up to my hype. I was a little I, bit jaded. I, I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> just, you just started being like, oh, they're going to be Transformers movies. Fuck that shit. <laughs> 
not, not I mean, bad. considering not considering what bad, came but... after Age of Ultron, again, I I have changed my stance on that. <laughs> but at yeah. the time, I yeah, was a little worried. You were, yeah, you were pretty pretty like I... Shia. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. That is very accurate. I think it was just a specific reaction to Ultron's uh, like individually, because obviously the whole lead up to phase like through phase two with the most of the consensus you know is that thor 2 is probably at the bottom of most people's list of the entire mcu if not like bottom three so that exception notwithstanding um you know phase two was really solid uh as we just discussed in the last episode i think i mean brian i know you and i winter soldier is at the top of our list for the entire mcu yeah uh phase two included the introduction of guardians of the galaxy which was phenomenally received and so coming into the next chapter of when you'd have the big team up movie um you're right i think people were jaded a bit by it just because it was it was too bloated in what either the writers or kevin feige or somebody decided that we just need to do too much here there wasn't as much of like a cohesive sentiment or theme through it there there, there was too many pieces in play just for the hell of it um so i like i i think the reaction that you're speaking of in that past clip was just really to that movie it wasn't like oh hey now we're you know 12 movies almost 12 movies into this into this thing and here's how i'm feeling about them i think it was just a bad taste left in your mouth from that specifically and i would agree that since then i mean civil war for the so, so coming off of ultron i could see like i think it was eric was starting to say about civil war at that point you come off of Ultron and you're like, oh, then we're going to put, you know, 12 of these characters together in a movie together where they, they have to be fighting. Of course, it's going to be egregious and over the top. I mean, I, I could understand that expectation, but they handled it very, very well. That was one of the, the most compelling stories with the, 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 the Bucky, Tony, uh, Steve arc through the whole thing. Yeah. And then you and then you jumped on to, you know, some new characters. Then we got Doctor Strange, which you know had its own style and was something new that hadn't been seen yet then you got to revisit guardians which was genius uh you got a reintroduction to spider-man and all that so yeah i i think if there was one teetering moment where if they didn't course correct you could say like oh that it, it was ultron that was the turning point and they just you know went off the the off the reservation with it um no i think they reined it in very well and I, and I would say not to forget that Phase 2, correct me if I'm wrong, it's just four movies before Ultron. Yep. So you had before Iron Ultron, Man 3 yeah. and Thor 2, which really were disappointments. At the time, Iron Man 3 was not well received, even though it made a ton of money. Um, And Thor 2 still is not. I'd like, I still look back on Iron Man 3 and enjoy it because I like the comedy. Um. Like the Trevor Slattery turn and everything, I can't get enough of. Still, every time I watch it, but it still was not generally well received. And then you had two movies that, by most people's estimation, are among the best they've done in Phase Two. So you had two of the worst and two of the best. So it's understandable that Brian was riding a bit of a roll, an emotional roller coaster going into <laughs> Age of Ultron. Um, 
you know, you yeah, can't blame the guy about for where it, he was at. Like coming off of Winter Soldier, which is still my favorite, and then going to th- riding that high into Age of Ultron and coming out and feeling like I got burned. <laughs> I started seeing like and just stuff I remember like reading about that the you know the making of that movie and the this the trouble that Joss had went through trying to get certain scenes and things in that movie like fighting a studio which is the stuff that you hear from every other person trying to make a movie with a studio system and then it starts to sound like Marvel Studios sounds like every other movie studio out there and that's usually not a good sign and I think I, I maybe I read too much on it or something. I don't know, but I, I started to get real, real worried. And even kind of, I guess, like spinning off of that for the for the next clip. This actually goes back a few episodes to the very first episode where oh I got a super friend. So this is Josh and I. Um, this was during our Age of Ultron trailer discussion. And we were already trying to talk about. I mean, I guess it goes it goes along with the, with the clip that I just played, sort of the same type of theme. Yeah, it's funny how much they, you know, you start hearing, okay, Avengers 2 is happening. We're going to get all the six guys back. Now we're going to add two more people. Now we're going to add James Spader. Now we're going to add Paul Bettany. And it almost feels like they're getting that way, even with the next Captain America movie. Civil War seems like it's getting jam-packed. You keep hearing about other characters that are going to come back for that movie. It's Right now, it's it's less of a Captain America movie and more of like an Avengers spinoff. I don't... Okay. I feel like there's any reason to call it a Captain America movie at this point. This is not going to be his movie. Right, right. So, again, I was wrong with that one, too. It was, I feel like Cap was very much the focus of that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a Cap movie. Especially at the end, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously that whole movie, just the focus on Cap and Bucky was much more the central focus than the conflict between heroes. So. Yes. But I don't, I don't feel like the jam pack thing is, was really a problem. Yeah. Again, I was, I was thinking more even, I guess even before age of Ultron, I started getting fearful that these were going to get bloated again and that there was going to distract from character moments, which was the whole thing I felt like age of Ultron did. But yeah, again, I'm, I'm happy to say I was wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, so the same episode, uh, Age of Ultron trailer discussion with Josh and I, we uh, talked about, I think it was something that I read um, about Hulk's fate in Age of Ultron and whether or not we thought that was plausible. And you mentioned about the solo Hulk movies and stuff like that, and I'm still, I still every now and again see people's rumors online, and they keep claiming they have sources close to the picture that have said this kind of stuff, but... People are still saying by the end of Avengers 2, they're shooting Hulk into space. Okay. Now, if that happened, everyone would assume that you're getting a World War Hulk movie or something like that, but that's still not on the docket. So, to me, shooting Hulk into space makes no sense if he's not getting a solo movie. Right, or or at least, you know, I I kind of understand the uh, challenge that they've had with two solo Hulk movies in the past. And maybe he's not the best at only being the central character. I mean, uh, Ruffalo is crushing it as Bruce Banner, um, but just having him be the center of attention might not be enough. Having him involved as a co-main character in 
a bigger storyline where there's a conflict with other team members or, you know, j j just Hulk and a protagonist can only go so many, or an antagonist can go so many places. So we, at least I, thought that shooting Hulk into space was a really stupid idea, and yet they did it. <laughs> I, oh. to this day, still wish I had never watched a single trailer for Ragnarok because of that. Just because oh, of yeah. how awesome that moment, like, you would have felt the same way Thor does in that moment. You know, the that just overjoyed elation at seeing the Hulk back <laughs> and being like, oh, we're getting a Thor and Hulk fight. Mm -hmm. So, it, it, yeah. You know. Although the only thing that still is sort of uh, never been reconciled about that, and, and I'm going to let it go because it's like, whatever, it worked, is fine. <laughs> they didn't really shoot Hulk into space. And That's true. That's true. He ends up in another, on another planet in some other part of the universe with no explanation as to how that happened. I'd actually like an answer to a serious question because there's a big unanswered question that surrounds that moment. Hulk goes off into space, whatever. They're talking about it at the end. Um, and I can't remember. I think it's Cap talking to uh, Natasha about it. And he talks about a, a bogey or something that went down over the South Pacific. At the, now know, at the end of Ultron? Yes. Okay, okay. Like after... You know, banners taken off and all that. We now know that was not him. That was definitely not him because mm. not only was Hulk there, so was the Quinjet. Uh, so yeah, that's right. What went down in the South Pacific? And we don't have an answer to that. What did go down in the South Pacific? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Siri? Yeah, because they mentioned, I think, finding a plane. Alexa. Hulk's obviously not on there. Alexa. Yeah, yeah ask, one, ask one of them. <laughs> So I, it's just one thing I noticed recently when I was watching it. I was like, hmm, I had never thought of that before. So I, I was just I, I, I always thought that the, the gap between Hulk leaving at the end of Ultron and somehow ending up on Sakaar was a really big leap to just accept um, because the Quinjet as they like they've never portrayed it as a space vehicle until Captain Marvel. Uh, but it needed they? modified, didn't it? It's modified, but you're led to believe that at least this this is the way I interpreted Captain Marvel stuff. Okay. Since that takes place in the 90s, she basically steals the prototype for a Quinjet, which then Nick Fury uses that as the basis for every other Quinjet to follow. So to me, would mean every Quinjet after that can go to space. All right. Even even if I buy That's that, it, 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 it didn't seem like, but they were not made to be spaceships. Like they could maybe go into orbit, which would mean then Hulk is like disappear. He gets in out of the atmosphere, true, and then somehow yeah. disappearing in a relatively close radius well, to Earth. So like, th it, there it's was a Kree ship loaded with scrolls in our planet's orbit for how long? Invisible that we didn't know about. Like I said, I, I'm not going to get <laughs> hung up on it. It, it just it it, it was just. Obviously, a a big writing gap that they did not provide an explanation for. If they never do, I won't really care. Well, it's, again, it's one of those plot points we probably basically forgot about until we watched it again and lead up to all this other stuff that's coming out. Mm -hmm. So it's easily forgotten. So I feel like that's forgivable. And the other thing to note is that you talk about World War Hulk, and we don't really get that storyline, but we do get World War Hulk. 
Yeah, that's like, probably as close as we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we get the character in all his armor, all his glory, doing his thing. But we're not going to get the actual storyline, I don't think. Yeah. So, uh, I'll give myself half a point for that. <laughs> we may get a Planet Hulk someday. I don't think we're going to see World War Hulk. <laughs> we've seen him in the armor. But Planet Hulk? Yeah. Could be. Josh pretty much um, predicted that all right, so, uh, he would co-star, too. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, Josh we called did go that. for the uh, yeah. supporting character. And we got that. That's pretty much Ragnarok to a T. There you go, Josh. You get a point, too. One point. Ragnarok. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what the point system is, or even if we were keeping it from the beginning. But sure, I will. I will try to gradually on the fly keep if we get stuff correct. <laughs> okay. So I'm giving myself Did... half a point. We're giving Josh a point. Fair. I. You know. I. I. I will say though. At le- maybe not then. I don't know, but definitely at some point, either around that time or or, or after, someone else explained why that works. Like and they articulated it better, and it's because most of the time the character of the Hulk, and just sort of like we saw partially in Infinity War, the 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 most of the basis of the Hulk, especially the the Bruce Banner side, is Bruce's struggle to not allow the Hulk to come out. Yeah, I think and you and I have how, had this conversation, and that that's somewhat of of a through line. That's about half of the meat of Edward Norton's Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Um, and it's not bad. I, I really like that movie. But how long can you have him be the focus of everything when his side of it, like you, he has to have an antagonist. But along with that, are you going to have that plus like movie after movie, the internal struggle over and over of Bruce not wanting to be the Hulk? It just gets old. And that's why it might not be as easy for him to carry his own franchise, his own trilogy, for instance. And that was someone else's perspective that I picked up at some point. And I think that helps explain why that might be the case. And so even that's not like my original thought at all. Even like compounding that is that you, you go to a Hulk movie to see the Hulk. Exactly. If you, if you are watching a two hour movie where Banner does not want to be the Hulk, it's a little bit sucks for the audience. That I, you're, you're not seeing what you paid to see. Right. I can give you an alternative which we may well see because as far as we know Mark Ruffalo is still under contract. The other like the big 3 are supposedly not anymore but he supposedly still is. And so I'm going to take you guys back a few years to the fear itself storyline for Marvel. Um, take us there Mike. I'm just going to take you to the very end and the last moments we see of Bruce uh and the Hulk in that series so a whole bunch of stuff happens um hulk has been pre you know like previously throughout the series he was actually a villain because he got possessed by um odin's brother um is kind of like the storyline but at the end of all of this they end with just a few panels where i believe for the first time in comics and the the, the first time they ever wrote Bruce and the Hulk officially separate into two separate beings. Um, where the Hulk actually leaves Bruce behind and walks away as his own entity. Um, now, how they would go about explaining that given the Hulk they've made in the Marvel Universe, we could get to that. That, you know, we'd have to see. But it would make for a movie where you have the Hulk and you have Ruffalo 
and you have maybe a turn on the typical stance of where Ruffalo, or not Ruffalo, where Bruce doesn't want to be the Hulk, to a turn where he's trying to get the Hulk back in, hmm. as opposed to constantly trying to get him out. Um, I don't know if I really want to see that, though. <laughs> I feel like they laid the foundations for it already. In Infinity War? Well, in Ragnarok. Ragnarok and, and, and then, someone in Infinity War, yeah. Right, and then moving forward into Infinity War because you have two completely separate personalities. One that's taking control, the other's taking control. They're not really much like one another. Um, and the Hulk himself seems to, becoming, seems to be becoming more and more sentient as we go along here. The Hulk is actively refusing to show up. That would suggest that being angry isn't enough anymore. That something more is going on. Well, I'll make sure we uh, clip this for the future episode later when we have to come <laughs> yeah, up with these clips again. Yeah, for other predictions, right? Because, Mike, I, not, to, not to tease what's coming, but we have a lot of, I feel like, Bradley's uh, let's throw shit at a wall and see what sticks theories. Oh, I have lots of those. <laughs> I have later. lots of those. I've read too many comics and seen too many things that could p possibly that I'm like, oh, this could happen, and then it gets me excited, and I just say shit. <laughs> um, all right, so bringing us back to we're still looking at the same episode, that very first episode with Josh oh, and I. So, first uh, episode was a gold mine. Yeah, I guess at least this is might be the last one for a little while. Um, so we're we're talking about Age of Ultron. We're giving our Age of Ultron theories. Uh, with Civil War on the horizon, we even started making Civil War predictions and and how Age of Ultron could lead into Civil War. Uh, like, I, I, I doubt Cap 3 will begin with the introduction of the registration idea. I'm assuming that's going to be coming out of the end of this movie. Like, they're going to touch on that at least uh, softly, if not very firmly, before the film ends. Right, yeah, I think the best move for them is probably to end with that act maybe starting to make its way through the government like they start hearing rumblings that it's going to get approved and it's moving like it's you know fast tracking to becoming this law so by the time civil war hits that is what's happening but so we were wrong again josh oh we were terribly wrong on that one <laughs> i'll give josh half credit on that because the the sokovia accords is right. what it was called and that's age of ultron but that's not a legal document until civil war Right, no, but it's happening because of the events in Age of Ultron is what I mean. Like, it's, you know, partial... Well, you're led to believe in Civil War, the kickoff for the whole thing is Wanda blowing up people in... Where the hell were they? Lagos? Yeah. But that, yeah, and then, well, Sokovia... Well, I mean, it's named the Sokovia Accords, so they obviously... The people who drew up the document put a lot of uh, stock in, in that being... And True. Then, the catalyst, the, but... Yeah, the Lago thing probably just fast-tracked it. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, this needs too. to happen, and then it was like, okay, this needs to fucking happen now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they kind of went backwards on us, which was which was fine. I think we, we all thought that the events of the movie is what would lead to the rift in the end. Yeah. Which is... Uh, you know that 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 thing put between them was was the registration and, and the accords and all that. Whereas you know it basically did. It was like and definitely in the first what quarter, if like first third of the movie, 
I mean, those were put right on the table and, and you know, the, the, the sides started forming right there. Right. Um, yeah, so uh, next clip. We're looking at episode eight. This was our Age of Ultron review. Um, and again, we started theorizing about Civil War because that was coming up on the horizon. Um, so I'm, I made a prediction for the end of that movie of how that, that could play out. By the end of Civil War, I feel like these two guys are going to make up. Captain America and Iron Man, they're going to almost put aside their differences and, and I would think be cool with each other by the end of the film. Wrong. Completely wrong. <laughs> Just a little I was, bit. I was trying not to laugh out loud <laughs> while it's playing because we're, 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 yeah, we're trying not to talk over the clips and, uh, yeah. I think, wow. I think, yeah, I think Ultron really fucked you up, Brian, because <laughs> I, you're like, please Jada. play together nicely. <laughs> Every, everything was wrong. I mean, hey, hopefully, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in this movie. Um, I'd hope by now they make up. Jesus, I—I well, I mean, I would hope so, but you never know. Maybe they get back together, and <laughs> this is not a prediction, by the way. Um, but you know, maybe they get back together, and Tony's like, "No, the shield's still mine. You can't have it back." I definitely see some tension happening when they eventually get back together. But there's got to be something. It, it's got to be a big. Yeah. It's a big scene. Like if this is in fact their last movie together, they there we have to have some sort of nice resolution so that we all love them again so uh, since this is a review of predictions episode um what would your guess be for let's say their first meeting they have they have to come together at some point is 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 it going to be uh, back on the battlefield somewhere is it going to be once i'm guessing tony gets back to earth in some way and he knows like gotta bite the bullet gotta find out if he's even alive find out who's alive and just make his way there and you know just kind of walk in the room and like hey well i guess we gotta hash this out yeah i think it's gonna be like a i would predict a quieter moment like not a battlefield scene where they meet up i think it's gonna have to be at like headquarters or something where i don't know whether they're forced to be together but i think both of them at this point probably know that it's there's stuff going on that's bigger than them. Yeah. But they will have to have to like I don't know, talk it out, hug it out, bro, and stuff and I Yeah. Could, that's that's what I see. I could see it totally being just like they they kind of like see each other and say, you know, Cap Tony and then they just <laughs> no, both nod and then give give the bro head nod. They yeah, they just kind of nod, not like a just like I acknowledge that you're there, and then that's it. <laughs> like they don't really make up or anything. Don't even make a big deal about it. I see. I see I, them trying to make it an emotional moment. Um, I see Tony admitting he was wrong, uh, and apologizing. I actually see that coming. I like that would be my guess is we get an apology. At the at the very least, I definitely don't see the character of steve rogers as they've created him being just the hey bro head nod <laughs> yeah. yeah tony i know <laughs> and i think tony yeah maybe maybe tony might try but i don't see steve going along with that like well that that's sufficient then let's move on well i mean steve did send him that heartfelt letter yeah that's true 
Yeah, but which also means that he recognizes the conflict that other people struggle with on their own. So knowing that this is not easy for either of them, um, it's it's just as hard for Tony to be in the room with him as him to be in the room with Tony. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah I, I don't I don't think it'll be exceptionally long. But uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be um, succinct, and uh, th- there there will be a, a, yes, definitely some kind of back and forth. I I see a, a couple possibilities. Like I I think like I said, we may see an apology. Um, I think it would be hilarious, in my opinion, as a good moment for them to make it a thing and a memorable moment but not spend too much time on it per se is if tony comes back um presumably when he comes back you would assume the first person he goes to see is pepper if she's i think we can assume she's alive perhaps i don't know if we can or not um i i think by the the marketing they released recently i think it confirms that they oh i was trying i was alive. trying not to spoil that for you i didn't know you had seen that uh, but I was trying to play the stupid. character posters. Yeah. I was trying to play stupid because oh. I didn't know if you had well, seen I appreciate those posters that. or not. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. So I would assume then the first person he goes to see is Pepper, and perhaps Cap is there, and Pepper kind of gives him a bunch of shit, like you need to apologize to him, and reads him like, <laughs> you know, like you did all this, this, blah, 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 you need to make this right, Tony. I could see that, and I think that would be a really good moment. But who knows? How much are you inferring from stuff that you've seen, Mike? I'm trying not to infer anything from it. Okay. Um, yeah, because I'm 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 hesitant. <laughs> like how how much you may accidentally slip into having watched all the trailers and everything. I can tell you they in the trailer, the the moment that we're talking about isn't necessarily spoiled, but a moment between the two of them is spoiled. Okay. Was it was this the one you accidentally saw the other day yes. that was yes. tagged onto the like ticket release announcement? Yes. Yeah. Do not watch that fucking trailer for anything. <laughs> it, that was the Say, most that's spoilery. Why that's, there's more spoilers in that trailer than all the other ones combined. Um, Oof. And that's normally how it goes. The later, the closer you get to release date, all those marketing commercials, trailers, everything starts stepping up and showing you everything. Yeah. It, so I'm not. That's why at the most anymore, I will watch two trailers and then I'm done. Yeah. Because by the third one, you're getting everything. And and I'm trying not to make any predictions based on what I've seen in trailers. I'm trying to make a prediction okay. All right. based on, like, the moment that I'm referring to in the trailer seems to not be the moment when they first see each other again. Seems to be well after that. Okay. Oh, okay. But it's definitely, like, a moment that is spoiled that hopefully is not the same in the movie. Gotcha. Just so, not because right. it's bad or anything, not not because of anything like that, just because I don't want to have seen that much of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hoping they do, like, kind of like what they did with Infinity War, where people were like, why isn't the Hulk himself in Wakanda? Because you got debated. That they, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie and then immediately watching all these trailers afterwards and seeing what is in the trailers that's not in the movie and stuff like that. Yeah. Comparing. Um, 
All right, next clip. Uh, this is from episode 18. This is, again, our Ant-Man review. Um, Eric and I, this this may be compounded with uh, my feelings for Age of Ultron at the time. Uh, Eric and I make a bold claim about how we feel about Ant-Man, which I'm expecting Josh to disagree with. <laughs> Since we did just see Ant-Man, like we've seen it, what, twice in the last two weeks or whatever. Yeah. And I haven't seen Age of Ultron since May. So normally it's like, well, if I just seen a movie, I'm not really rushing to go back and see it. But Ultron, it's been a while since I watched it. So I should, I feel like that's the one I should be like, yeah. oh, I haven't no, seen that in yeah. a while. I need to watch that again. Yeah. But it's the opposite. I just watched Ant-Man and I would sure as hell go back and watch it again. Yeah. Well, when you said you wanted to go to the drive-in and see whatever, and you named the movies and Ant-Man was there, I was like, yeah, I want to see Ant-Man again. <laughs> Like, I just saw it, but yeah, I want to see it again. So, so, yeah, I don't know if we're, we may be in the minority as far as the general movie-going public, so maybe this is bold statements from us that we prefer Ant-Man over Age of Ultron, but. It's kind of weird, like, looking back now, like, with what we said earlier, that, like, actually, like, Age of Ultron was, like, actually more of a flop in our eyes, not in the money-wise. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's still made a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but with our views of it, like, we were completely wrong on those two like we actually liked ant-man more than we did yeah age of ultron <laughs> like i said maybe maybe we're in the in the minority on that i don't know if that's the popular yeah. opinion but hey we're banking it it's on the record mm-hmm. so there you go at, at, at that review at that time eric and i were thinking ant-man was better than age of ultron does that stand and i was trying to think about this as the clip is playing like where do i rank <laughs> them now and wait you know what because let me check my phone real quick because I I sent this website to Josh. There's a Josh called or there's a Josh called a <laughs> website called Letterboxd, which is a like social oh, yeah. movie website um, that you can create a profile with and, you know, rate movies, make lists and stuff. So I, I did rank at the time that I made the list how I felt the MCU ranks for me as far as movies. Um, so scrolling down my list. I do have Ant-Man above Age of Ultron. Wow. I personally, I'd put them pretty close on my own list, um, but I actually really like them both. I still don't have the hate for Age of Ultron or Ant-Man that seems to pop up so much. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm, I'm the type of guy I can still find enough good in the dark world to watch it fairly regularly. Like I, I still recognize it's probably the worst in the MCU, but I, I recognize also that the worst in the MCU is still more enjoyable to me than most movies. Yeah, that's fair. Josh, you did not like Ant Man, or you just really liked Age of Ultron. <laughs> um, my issues with Ant Man were Paul Rudd. No, not even it. it, it it's. I think with each of them, I find them both completely inconsequential. And just from a story structure standpoint, like especially Ant-Man and the Wasp, to me, like there's not a story there. There's not like anything that actually happens over the course of that movie. Um, so I, I, I don't know. And no, to be fair, just, just a few weeks ago, we were talking, you know, when we were doing the, um, uh, the other prep show, I mentioned several times that I had just recently watched Iron Man 3 after not seeing it for, I don't know, four years at least. And 
I found myself really, really enjoying myself. Um, maybe that'll happen again once I get to Ant-Man as I prep for, you know, the release of Endgame. Maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised that I, I'm just seeing it in a different way for some reason. Um, it wasn't necessarily that I championed Ultron. I, I, I think I agree with most people on the problems that that movie had. I still find it really fun to watch and, and really enjoyable. It's not as low on my list as it might be on others, uh, in general, but, um, no, I there just yeah, I don't know why. There's just something about Ant Man to me that just doesn't fit in the puzzle where everything else does. Andy, okay. do you have a preference, one or the other? I prefer Ant Man. Right, so I'm not so we're not in the minority leaf. We've got somebody else on our on our side too. I didn't I didn't hate Age of Ultron or anything, but I I felt like it disappointed when it came to hitting the marks I wanted it to. Yeah. So maybe I just had higher expectations for it but i'm a paul rudd fan and i thought that hit a lot of the jokes that i like so there are definitely i think moments in age of ultron that i prefer over ant-man but i think as a movie as a whole ant-man is better than age of ultron i still fall into i just enjoy ultron so much because i just can't help but laugh at everything james spader says um yeah james spader he just it's kind of like, you know, Bill Murray having, like, the connection to your funny bone. For me, James Spader kind of has the same sort of thing where I just, the way he speaks in that movie, it's just fucking James great. Spader's got a connection to your bone. What? <sighs> <laughs> Next clip. <laughs> Sorry, I, d- I definitely cut you off on that one, but that was too good to pass up. <laughs> well, I-, I was just saying I, I just enjoyed the villain so damn much in that movie and as we know we just did our list hawkeye is one of my favorite characters and we get a lot more of him there than in other films yeah yeah uh all right so next one um this is from episode 41 this was our civil war 2 or civil war trailer 2 discussion um and then as a, even during that episode, we started talking about the villain guesses for Doctor Strange. Uh, one of us was very adamant that they got it right. They need to go to Realms more. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> You'll get your wish in Doctor Strange. I want to see a big giant Dormammu. Is he, supposed to, is he supposed to be the villain uh, in that? No. Baron, uh, Baron Mordo, they haven't right? Said who the, they haven't said who the villains are yet. I thought it was is Baron Mordo one, I thought. Because oh, that Chidi Chidi for guy, right, <laughs> is supposed to be Baron Mordo. Maybe I'm not sure. Yeah, he is. He's cast. Boom! Called it. <laughs> Wrong again. <laughs> can Can you announce the name for us again? It's Chidi Chidi Wudge. No. <laughs> I love that you like you couldn't even repeat the way you said it that time in the clip. Because I know it was wrong then, so <laughs> I tried alone. to get it right this time, and I was still I still can't do it. But Mike Romano got the Romano right. Yeah, yeah. Mike, I I want to give Romano a point for that one because he had that definitely. And and to be fair, I mean, I you weren't a hundred percent wrong because they definitely used that first film as the basis to set up. Mordo as you know the ongoing antagonist probably so in the should, sequel. But, but he's a protagonist a the entire point. movie until the very the post credit <laughs> scene. I'll, I'll give myself <laughs> a right. future future point for Doctor Strange two. Yes, I'll ch- I'll chalk that up. 
Um, all right, uh, next clip. We are on episode 47. Uh, this was our MCU prep and lead-in for Civil War, uh, where we talked about the possibility of another major Marvel villain showing up in the MCU, like, post-Thanos. Like, what, what could happen after Thanos type of thing. I'd, I'd actually just like to see Galactus as a tall... Galactus is Galactus, yeah. Yeah, a big freaking yeah, guy in dude, space. Purple. <laughs> dude, <Yeah>. purple. <laughs> I, I wonder if they'd even do that. Do you think that's still too cheesy, or do you think Marvel would go for that if they had Galactus? I think it would be, like like everything should be, I think it should be similar to what it is. Like, take it from the comic books, but make it just a tad bit more realistic. You know, take, like, hints of it. Like, maybe not the big fucking crown thing that he wore. <laughs> but, like, give okay, fine, give him the whole garb and the robes and stuff like that. Make it fucking purple. And maybe just give him, like, a plain old normal semi-not-so-huge helmet. <laughs> but you're still okay with seeing some really huge man in space? Fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look like this is. Right, I'm just wondering, just, yeah. I, as much as I would like to see it, like, comic book fan, I'd like to see it on screen. But how many people would just look at that and be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how do you not see this huge fucking guy in space coming towards Earth and, you know what I mean? You know, the, big, big fucking purple dude. Yeah, well, even just like, think of someone at NASA, like, looking at a radar screen somewhere. Instead of seeing like a <laughs> rock-shaped object coming towards Earth, it's just a big fucking guy. <laughs> the Hubble picks up a big dude. Yeah, like, what the fuck? That would be cheesy as shit. So this is just more of a question that I wanted to present to you guys. Could Galactus work in the MCU? Yes. Given how far they've yeah, given how far they've gone with things now, absolutely. Do you think we'd see like I like we were talking about there the big fucking guy in space? Yes. Given given that and tell me if this general description is is close enough for the discussion. Galactus is a being large enough that to him, eating a planet is like a snack. Yes. So, if your medium-sized planet is what we're going, you know, as a basis, it would have to be large enough at, at scale to make that visual work. Yeah, he can basically hold a planet in his hand. Right. Like, 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 like a like a softball. Yes. So. They might have to scale him down. He can change his own size. Uh, right, right. So, I mean, for, 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 for the majority of the time you see him, and, and, and maybe there's a point where, let, let's say there is like another like two-phase arc where they get to Galactus, right? It's not just like one movie, he shows up and, oh, again, we got to right, deal right. with this. Um, Maybe so like once you get there and and you're in your like, you know, phase four, five culmination movie and he has a giant man type of scene where he, he then at, at one point tremendously increases his size i think you could have a being that is quite quite large but for a lot of the setup i th i do think you'd have to scale him down to like at least 50% of, of what he's used to being seen at because then yes the aesthetic of it on screen just might look a little too ridiculous right that's what I'm afraid of so Brian and I I talked to him about a 
fan theory that I give some credence to. Uh, I was going to bring that up, too, since we were on Galactus. Mm-hmm. Um, this fan theory is actually rather intricate, so you have to give me a minute here to try and remember everything about it. But it basically says, so what, for anybody that doesn't know, Galactus has to consume planets to survive. That's what he does. Um, but he only consumes planets that are ripe for consumption. Um, so, you know, teeming with life and, you know, just ready to be just lots and lots of nutrition for him, I guess, there. Um, this theory says that Thanos is not really a villain. He's trying to save the universe from Galactus. He's trying to kill Galactus by removing his food source. Um, so by snapping his fingers, he instantly turns the universe into a place where nothing is ripe for Galactus's taking. Now, the basis on this also comes from, um, he was originally trying to convince his people to do this on Titan and Galactus had chosen Titan. He encountered a Herald there and he was like, the Herald's here. This is what this means. We know what this means. We have to do something. Let's kill half the people, whatever, so on and so forth. You know, his whole spiel. Um, This is further reinforced uh, when Star-Lord and gang show up to Titan, and he remarks that it's off its axis. It takes something significant, of course, to knock a planet off its axis. Simply being, you know, war-ravaged and such because of what has gone on the planet would not do it. I mean, that's not a nuclear bomb is not going to set a planet off of its axis. It's going to take a lot more than that. Um, Like Galactus. Right. (laughs) Like Galactus. Um, So there's that as a, there's, there's more to it. Like they put a lot of, time into their official theory on that but that's the basis of it um if i missed anything important about it brian please add no i didn't i actually hadn't even thought about the axis of the planet thing i i knew the basis of just like you know overpopulated planets were uh more ripe for galactus so eliminating that taking that out of the equation sort of delays him at least but i mean as far as fan theories that's something i could get behind yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's 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 not it's it's well reasoned. Uh, it, Plus, it has I mean, it a gives basis you time, and rationale. It, it gave it now gives time for the whole Fox uh, Disney deal to go through, which it has done. Which means right. Galactic is now Galactus is now fair game to be used in these movies. So if they wanted to pl- plant the seeds already for that, they could although, have conceivably done that. Yeah, al- although simply presenting it that way. Like, let's say it takes another six to seven years, maybe even f- like five at least, to get through another two phases. Um. Uh. At that point, that particular way of presenting it would, I think, almost have the effect of retroactively making you feel bad for Thanos. Yes. I mean, honestly, I feel like you you kind of do already. 
Well, yeah, I think, he's supposed, I think you're supposed to understand what he's doing. I think you're supposed to understand, evil. but I don't think you're supposed. But you're not supposed to root for him. You're not supposed to no. be on his side, so to speak. You're, you're there. There's a way. There's 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 a way to empathize with something without seeing. Uh, this just sounds so weird. I'm trying, um, I'm trying to find. I, I, I can I can help you. It, I I don't root for the guy that kills the cow, but I still eat the steak. Okay, so yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> no, I get you, I get you, because like like later on, like if that was the case, then do do you think they would want us to have to re-examine how we felt about the people we were rooting for in Infinity War and Endgame to beat Thanos? Because well, they don't, they now don't know. We... They haven't been told. Yeah, I know. I, They're I... just fighting for their own friends and lives. Yeah, I mean, I feel like those are comic book storylines yeah. that happen all the time. The heroes save the day, but then what they don't know is the consequences of saving the day leads to the next crisis, and then they, it just goes on and on and on from there. Right, and, and they're, and they're right. still right. right in what they're doing, because even if Thanos is right and he's trying to save half the galaxy from Galactus, isn't there another way other than just killing half of everybody? But that's his way. That's what he chose to do it. And the Avengers would do their thing and find another way, a better way, where half of the universe doesn't die. Would it also be a little convenient for someone to point out if that's what he needed to do? Why didn't he say that? That's that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean that that'd be the lazy way out. Exactly. Because even if he says it, I, I feel like he gets the same response as what I just said. Are you really that I mean, lazy to say that this is the only possible way? No, yeah, potentially. I'm just saying, yeah, if that's the route they went, the easy criticism of that is, well, why didn't, why wouldn't he just present that to the people trying to stop his plan? You know, what well, might have because might not I think even he be... already presented it on Titan and was shot down pretty fully there. Eh, maybe. Well, I think I think like all the stuff he explains in Infinity War, I think he absolutely believes that planets are overpopulated. They are dying because of over overpopulation. He needs to limit that. Yes. I think the side effect of that is that he just hap- so happens to. I mean, whether he, the theory makes you seem like it, it was his full intention the whole time, but maybe it's just a side effect of him doing what he needed to do. Mm. But I don't see the Avengers like going up and like shaking Thanos' hand after this and be like, "Thanks, man, you held off Galactus." No, 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 and no. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, not expecting Thanos Negan. to make it out of here. How powerful? Thanos is not Negan. How powerful is Galactus? I mean, could Thanos stand up to Galactus with the Infinity Gauntlet? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I thought that was answered no, in the comic. It was and it wasn't because those beings that were capable. And in the comic, I would say, yes, he's proven that he can. Right. And I would say it also depends on what version of Galactus they decide to present in the movies. Because this version of the Infinity Gauntlet, given what it's done, is fairly underwhelming compared to what it's capable of in the comics. Um, It, it sounds crazy to say that, but he's able, like... It's much easier for him to accomplish everything he's after in the comics. And we'll see, I think, more of what it's capable of against all of them now that it's complete. But there's... So in the comics, Galactus is probably 
among the top ten most powerful beings. Um, and the powers that the Infinity Gauntlet has shown to have now in the movies would not be enough for your standard version of Galactus. But the standard version of the Gauntlet in the comics was able to hold up against all of the celestial beings, including Eternity and the one above all, the Living Tribunal, um, all these insanely powerful beings. Um, and so, like, the Reality Stone controls reality, warps or whatever. Eternity technically is reality as an idea like it's 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 a being that embodies reality and the gauntlet in the comics is able to stop eternity um but eternity also kind of it's hard eternity takes like a dr manhattan route kind of in the comics too where it's kind of ambivalent about it doesn't really give a shit but it's also not trying to be put out of existence it's a complicated thing. Um, that answer your question, Andy? Probably not. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to. Is uh, is Gal- uh, is Galactus a celestial? Uh, as far as I know, yes. But okay. they, they, there's different levels of them. I was just thinking, like, wouldn't it be easier instead of like eliminating half the life in the universe? He just went toe to toe with the guy. Maybe Galactus was one of the fifty percent that got snapped out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Galactus technically is an entity, not necessarily a living being. Oh, fine. Get me on a technicality. <laughs> uh, well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like the snap, I don't think would affect him. The same as like just snapping his fingers couldn't affect all the other celestial entities that took him on. In the Infinity Gauntlet comics, but I, I like I see Andy's point. Like, if Galactus is the threat, and Thanos is doing this to prevent Galactus, why not just get rid of Galactus if you have the power of the Gauntlet? Doesn't that like I feel like that sort of blows up that theory? Yeah, that's why I'm I'm almost leaning towards like maybe he he like the this is a side effect or he did this by accident if they play it that way because if it Galactus be is looming in the background and people know about it and like if Thanos knows about Galactus I feel like even more to Josh's point that has to be a reference point for people like that almost needs a name drop in these movies we may get one I mean yeah I guess that's to be fair I um, could see that in Avengers four I, I I can give you one prediction that isn't about Galactus. But it is based on something silly, but also strangely um, accurate at things in the past. So I've told you. Sounds bef- like most of your theories. So well, no, 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 I've told you before <laughs> that I play the Marvel Contest of Champions game. Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna base this real quick. Um, back when Civil War came out. They released a Civil War Black Panther. So they already had Black Panther in the game. They released a new version that was the Civil War Black Panther. Um, Now that version of Black Panther had the abilities given to the character in the game that Black Panther's armor was not revealed to have 
until the Black Panther movie. Um, it was an ability called reflective armor. Um, that may maybe it was something they gave them to work with that was scrapped from Civil War. Who knows? But they knew about the ability as far as the movie character was concerned then. Um, they leaked, and they, they got in trouble for this one. Um, but the look and appearance of Cap in Infinity War, uh, the two arm shield things, whatever the hell you want to call those, that he has in the movie, all that was all leaked through the game. Um, it was part of it. It was in it well before the movie came out, a couple of months. And just yesterday, they released their new monthly event where they introduced new characters. Um, and they've slowly been introducing the Fantastic Four and whatever, but every month they kind of introduced two. And the one nobody knew was coming this month that turned up kind of out of the blue was Analyst. And it was just kind of like strange that, oh, here's Analyst now. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Neither do I. Oh. Um, he's one it's of like the... It's like you're name dropping it like we should be like, oh my god, but I, I, I don't have that reaction. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I will send you information separately. I'm not going to get that far into it here because it's just a stupid theory, but suffice it to say he's a big bad maybe not quite on Thanos Thanos's level but more a Doctor Doomish kind of level I would say okay. like he he's a big bad for the Marvel universe but he's not you know like Thanos or Galactus or anything like that so like he would he could be like a phase villain the way Loki was for phase 1 or Ultron was for phase 2 yeah he could be that kind of villain Okay. Um, and yeah, uh, inexplicably, he turns up in this game that regularly gets stuff that shouldn't be there. Well, we'll chalk that one up for later, too, and see if you're right about that one. It's just a, you know, pointing something <laughs> out. I'm not, I, I wouldn't call that a guess. I'm just pointing it out. Uh, all right. So let's, I'm going to move us on to the next one. Um, Next clip from episode 41. This was still our Civil War trailer 2 discussion. Um, I think the next few clips are Civil War related. Um, so we start spitballing about Spidey since Spidey was in the trailers for this movie. And uh, what we could see of him in Civil War. I was going to add too because the Iron Spider... <clears throat> has the red and gold color color scheme of Iron Man because it was made by Tony Stark for Peter Parker. But the other addition to it was that it could have four other appendages come out of its back, so he would be an eight-limbed... Three. What do you, what do you mean three? Three other? There's only three. Three, yeah. Four, right? Because he has to be an eight-limbed person like a spider. Hang on. Let me go grab my cloth. <laughs> no. Because I, I, I vividly remember, or I thought I remembered, a cover where he yeah, had... Thanks. He had all the, the extra legs out. And, and he was and like the secret spiders he has four, but I think originally it only had Quarter three. According to Pop, it's only three. What the fuck? That doesn't make up where's the eighth appendage? I you don't want it now. Because I thought the whole thing was to have eight limbs like a spider. Yeah, and the eighth one spits out his throbbing white liquid. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Taking me off my game here, Ian. You gotta keep it in check. <laughs> 
<laughs> he, he does this on purpose. I know he does. I don't know why I invite him back. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else about the... Oh, that's... I, we were talking about the Iron... Sp- yeah, Ian's fucking me up. We're talking about the, the Iron Spider costume. Do we think the Iron Spider costume will make an appearance in the movie? Or do you think it's too soon I, for I a costume change? I have wishful thinking, but I don't know. I'm going to say probably not. I'm going to say that's too much CGI this and say no. And Although I did hear... I read an article that there was supposed to be four iterations of Tom Holland's Spider-Man costume in this movie. See, that's just rumor. That, I don't know yeah, how true that, that is. Very excessive for yes. a movie that's not a Spider-Man movie. I could see. Wonder two. if that has to do with being with Sony, just being pains in the ass. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's that's what I heard. I could see too because I could see like possibly like a finding Spider-Man kind of deal. Like very first off, and Tony Stark approaches him, say, "Hey, I could hook you up. You know, like I can give you better tech." Yeah. Maybe or something like that, but that it just maybe, and it's maybe just like what what a kid, a high school kid could make, like basically just probably like spandex and shit like that, kind of like they did in the other ones. And then Tony Stark comes along and says, "Well, here you go. Here's a little bit better with you know head maybe a heads up display in the mask and you know a little bit a difference to it, but it's kind of still the same." Yeah. So that's that would be my thought. Would be two suits. So. We predicted a lot for Civil War, but it panned out in other movies. Yeah, you can give Romano a couple points for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you definitely, like, you basically got, like, the two-suit structure in Civil War, the introduction, because he finds the, like, homemade costume in the closet, then he does give him, like, a suit. Um, And then kind of, again, there's, like, a two-suit, like, there's an upgrade that happens in Infinity War, and then you get the, the spider legs. Um, Yeah, he wasn't too far off. That's pretty sad. I still got the four limbs for that, even though they called me out for the comics, but the movies used four limbs. I I, I think it like yeah. Vi- I visually still remember it four limbs ridiculous. in Civil War. In the comic? Oh. Uh, yeah. That's that's what I thought, but apparently everything yeah. that they were pulling up was saying three. Maybe from certain angles you couldn't see the fourth, but what fucking sense would that make? That's yeah, right. that's what that's that was my point too. It's a seven-legged spider. What? And and they surprisingly opted not to go with the eighth-leg penis route. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'd I'd like to ask Ian why the liquid is throbbing. Like I, you know. <laughs> that was that was his thing for a while. The the throbbing white spider liquid. That was he was hashtagging that on every episode. I pinned him in for a while. <laughs> Tried to make it trending. I I don't think it worked, but that was his goal. Can't well, blame, can't blame a guy for trying. Yeah, I'd have thrown every, him a re- retweet goals. at the time had I known. I, <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll bring it back up with this episode and see if he can don't get, take it him. off this time. Don't encourage him. <laughs> and, you know, what movie's that in? Uh, White Spider. Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, you know, like um. Uh, He's an asshole, but he's our he's asshole. He's our asshole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, every group needs one. <laughs> um, all right, uh, next one. We uh, It's more more Civil War stuff. So one of our favorite things to do is, is speculate on which characters may die in these movies. <laughs> uh, so the first movie I think we really started trying to get into character deaths was Civil War. Um, so this was the same episode, our Civil War trailer 2 discussion. 
Um, and I think in the trailer, we see War Machine fall from the sky. So this is the first time we started talking about if we thought War Machine would go. Is War Machine alive or dead? Dead. Um, yeah, we... Uh, well, because they showed that, that in what the do you trailer, think? right? I think yeah. because they're showing it, he's not dead. I, uh, I think that's true. true. He's just, like, knocked out, kind of. He's out. He's down and out. It looks the, like he shot through the armor, and he's, like, bleeding out his fucking mouth and shit. Well, the the shot from the trailer looks like whatever blast hits him hits exactly where the arc, re- arc reactor in his chest is, yeah. which then turns off and shuts off the suit, which causes so him to fall from the sky. So, I, I mean, falling from that height could probably kill someone, but maybe the armor kept him alive? And I he's mean, just, always he's just in, knocked the fuck out. I don't know. In medieval battles, you get movie. pushed off a castle in that armor. You live through that every time. Yeah. Sure. Then yeah, let's go with <laughs> that. You do not live through that. <laughs> <laughs> so we sort of talked about it, but if Rhodey, if we're gonna say Rhodey does not die, well, first of all, let's go on record. Who thinks Rhodey is going to die? Does, oh, does yeah, War Machine dead. bite it in this one? He's dead. We just watched him die. Okay. Ian, Ian no, says he dead. doesn't die. He's not dead. Mike, are you on the fence or are you? I'm on the fence. I'm, it's it's fifty fifty. <laughs> he lives or he doesn't. <laughs> Flip a coin. I, I'm gonna say it's in there just to throw you all for a loop. That that, that everybody's gonna go in thinking that Rhodey's gonna die, but it's gonna be somebody else. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. I do not think Rhodey's gonna die. I think Marvel is smart enough not to put that big of a reveal in a trailer. Rhodey might be severely severely injured, but he's I don't think he's gonna die. So, and I think we talked about it on on past episodes of the the podcast, maybe when we were looking at other Civil War trailers, when they've showed Rhodey down. But if Rhodey does not die, who do you think is going to bite it? Hawkeye. Everybody's going Hawkeye. Everybody just assumes Hawkeye's going. Because he's barely an Avenger. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. So, Ian, if you're still thinking Rhodey's going to die, you think Hawkeye's going to bite it too, or are you going one or the other? No, they're going to keep him in because I fucking hate him. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, I, I feel like I feel like Cap could die. I feel like that's where I'd want it to go, but they won't because he's got to go save some Infinity Stones or some bullshit. <laughs> so we all predicted. Well, no, Ian thought uh, Rhodey was going to die, and then predicted Cap was going to die. Both wrong. <laughs> because um, and why is that? Because. Disney pussied out and didn't kill anybody. <laughs> well, I think, you know, that was a good left turn. Like, I think just from the comic book storyline, we all assumed somebody was going to die. The trailers make it seem like someone's going to die. Eric's throwing Hawkeye under the bus again. <laughs> well, one of the, I mean, in the comics use the death of Bill Foster as like the spark that really splits the two. You know, like, it, it, it's a little bit convoluted, but Tony brings back this, like, android-ish version of Thor that he loses control of, and it kills Bill Foster, who is Lawrence Fishburne in the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. He's also known as Goliath. He, he dies on the battlefield. He's a friend of all these people, and that's what really cements the split between them. So I could understand why people thought, like oh, they're definitely going to kill someone because they have to to really cement this split. Turns out they didn't really cement the split with anybody's death except Tony's parents. Yeah, that's my only beef with Civil War still, you know, three years later, is that not only do I I think we assumed that there would be uh, mortal stakes 
to the outcome of that, but I I I I also believe they intentionally sold it that way. I don't I don't think it was meant to be a surprise that oh you put we're putting everyone all your all your friends against each other. Of course, there's got to be something bad that comes out of it. There's really no permanent lasting physical effects to Rhodey, uh, Tony, and the military, and everyone else helps figure that out for him. Yes, there's the the split between the team, and and some of them go their own way and and whatnot. But you know, you could write that uh, that that's that's been done, and that's that's fine. It just seemed uh, always like they just didn't quite want to commit to the idea that anybody could permanently be taken out. Like I was even surprised when when they did it to Quicksilver in in Ultron, and I think yeah. they. And and but to be fair, I wonder if the if if the idea throughout the movie was not to give you the idea that Hawkeye was going to die, and so therefore they had to do it to someone else to turn, you know, to make that left turn from what they made you think they were setting up. If they if they didn't set it up at all, like would there have needed to be a casualty in in Ultron? Um, they just didn't want to commit to losing one of their actors, one of their characters, one of their draws. Um, that's my only issue with, with civil war, but uh, it, it becomes harder and harder. And, and now I think after civil war, it's impossible to ever accurately predict if anyone will actually bite it or not. Like, will they ever commit to that decision? Will the stories they write ever have those level of, actual consequences to to what goes on i i don't have any idea what's gonna happen in endgame as far as i guess goes. we'll find out in the next one yeah and, and i mean given the storyline they've created i'm sure there's got to be something to to at least a small handful of characters um like if every single person lives through this in, in a completely lasting way um then i'm gonna be very disappointed in in the writing that they've created don't worry josh i got your predictions for later <laughs> and uh <clears throat> civil war came right off the heels of ultron right ant-man was in between but pretty much it. yes yeah okay so we, we sort of get a little bit of a taste of them killing someone off in ultron so it, it wasn't a stretch of the imagination to think that that might happen again in civil war especially given the trailers that we saw sure I still, like, my mind always goes politically to Age of Ultron and the time that it came out and what Fox was doing with X-Men movies. Because I think we were all kind of surprised that Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were able to be in Marvel movies when they were clearly going to be in X-Men movies because they are X-Men characters. And it was (laughs) a weird sharing of the two between two competing studios who may or may not share licenses to characters and stuff. And in my mind, since... um, Fox was moving forward with like Days of Future Past, and I think that was that first Days of Future Past was the first appearance of Quicksilver for them, right? Mm-hmm. In the yes. movie, so that came out right around the time Age of Ultron came out, and it seemed to me that they, because you get a you get a quick glimpse, I think, of Quicksilver and a little sister in Days of Future Past, so you're led to assume that is Scarlet Witch. Right. You get both siblings in Age of Ultron, but each franchise goes picks one of them and says that's the one I'm going to use. And I'm I'm always mm. thinking it's a politically thing where like they talked about what was able to be used for who, 
and Fox chose Quicksilver and Marvel chose Scarlet Witch and they just let the other two like they're you know vice versa for their side just let the other one sort of go away well there there was an argument between them at the time um because the the contract I think was not very clear as to what Fox's rights were at the time as to whether well, so or not I mean, they had like- the mutants or they had the X-Men and it turned out they had the X-Men. So mutants themselves were not like the sole property there. Well, that's why I feel like that's their compromise is that like, yes, they were fighting over who owns what, but their compromise was here's two of them. You get one. I get one. Yeah, it could have been. I'm not saying I'm right. That was always my theory was like, I'm back to the happy how the with how it ended up. That so. I mean, like, honestly, like, Quicksilver is one of the more enjoyable things in those Fox X-Men movies. Like, that's pretty much the only thing I'm looking forward to with the one that's coming out in June, July, whatever it is, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, is the next Quicksilver scene that we get in that movie. And if we don't get one, I'm giving it a zero out of ten right away. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm looking for. That's all I want to see. Show me that Quicksilver scene, and I may just stand up and leave. Um, it, It's, you know... It, they're fun, awesome scenes that they've put together. And what they've done with Scarlet Witch in the MCU is fantastic. So, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, all right, so I'm going to move us on to the next one, which uh, is, I guess we're basically asking the same question. This is from episode 47. This is our Civil War prep episode. Um, but we talk about the same thing. Is who, who do we think is going to go? Switch out some of the guests, so we actually get uh, Andy in on this one. One of the other talking points we had from the the previous uh, show when we talked about the trailer was the fact that we keep seeing War Machine go down. So we're trying to figure out and predict, is War Machine dead? Uh, The only person on the podcast to say that they think he was going to die was Ian. Everybody else said no. Do you still... It's too too easy. Yeah, that was was what we were arguing, is why show it in the trailer if he's actually going to die? Right. You still saying no, Mike? You still think he's he's in the clear? I, it, I, my, I'm still sticking to the point that it's either him or Hawkeye. <laughs> I, I really, I truly, that's what I mean. I don't. I, I they've already, I've already heard that they've already proved that um, Scarlet Witch makes it to Infinity War. She's already booked for Infinity War. Yeah, I saw that. So we know she's safe. I, I it still might be Cap. I, I still might. I still think there might be a chance because I've heard some quite like I read some things that like the way Chris Evans has been talking is like I'm gonna do what's best for the character and what's best for the storyline. So I, I, something tells me that Cap. There's a good chance that Cap might. Die. <laughs> I I kind of was thinking that as well. I mean that's what happens in the comics. I don't. Yeah, know that was saying that's what's going to happen in real life in the movie in real life. In the movie. <laughs> it is real life. What are you talking about in live action? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was going to sort of be my follow-up question. If it's not War Machine, who do you think is going to go? And then we did we did talk about it on a previous podcast, too. Uh, uh, Ian was thinking maybe Cap. Eric was, hands down, thinking Hawkeye. I don't even think he hesitated. I think he said Hawkeye right away. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawkeye, I think, is, the e- again, the easy choice, I feel like. Everybody's thinking Hawkeye's going to die. Yeah. Well, he, he doesn't, there's nothing, I mean, he's an archer. He doesn't have like any super special but powers. Gotta, or but you like need the launch Ant Man into the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think because Age of Ultron established he has a family, 
If he goes, I feel like that has to have some repercussions on his family and stuff like that. I don't know if there's time to dwell on that in this movie. Well, I think apparently I heard that he like comes out of retirement for Civil War, for this fight. Like he was like basically like left and like was done. When he was with his family, yeah, no more avenging. And <laughs> I think they pulled him back out because I so I thought I read that he actually comes out of retirement for this. All right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll see. I I. I don't think it's Hawkeye. I'd put more money, I think, on Cap dying. Well, yeah. quote-unquote dying. Because just like the comic, I think if they kill him off, they're going to bring him back. Yeah, there's going to be the new He's not gonna... stand. It's called the Resurrection Stand or something, you know. Yeah, he won't He won't stay dead. Um. So, Andy, do you want to you put your money on Cap going? Yeah. Okay. Mike, what do you think? I'm going to have to go back with Cap. I'm going to lean with Cap still. I think we're all going. I'm, I'm thinking that too. I think we're all just going to say Cap's going to go. So we all flipped over to Cap. Only like six episodes later, when we're, whenever we <laughs> recorded this one. And uh, I think Mike was mixing, mixing up his fandoms. Oh, with, the Resurrection uh, Stone. Inf- Infinity Stones and <laughs> Deathly Hallows. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know. He, I mean, I kind of get. Everyone's like rationale for how they arrived at that possibility, but I'm glad, and, and that's something you know that can tag on here to going into Endgame. I don't want any more, or not anymore. I never want that crap about oh, a character died and somehow they're gonna bring them back to life. It it doesn't work in movies as much. Like, what are you gonna do? Have someone dead for five movies over the course of you know two, three, four years in this, and then come up with some ridiculous explanation as to why they're still alive. I just, I, please don't do we that. We managed so to sign a me, new contract. He's alive. You're <laughs> telling me if, if Cap goes in this one, and mm-hmm. five years from now they bring Chris Evans back as Cap and somehow explain it in the story as being brought back to life somehow, you wouldn't be like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever. No, because there's, there's only... Uh, again, number one, because you have to establish why something matters. You have to establish stakes. You have to establish sacrifice That's why and choice die. and everything. It And if you have a way out of it, then the choices that they made leading up to why they died aren't as impressive or, or because they did, because they aren't, because then you realize they, they weren't risking as much. Um, and then the explanations are always convoluted. I'll yeah. I'll give you this. I'm not going to go very far into it because it's convoluted, but they've already dropped subtle hints that the multiverse exists. I don't know if I want that. I I I, I like on the one hand, I kind of like how they've done it on say like the Flash, where where they've allowed them to exist simultaneously, and 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 it was handled very well in my opinion. If they introduce that into this just as a way to give you a reason that that's not talking about convoluted like oh well we developed a way to recreate him from dna or bring him back from the dead or oh the only reason we're bringing you the multiverse is so that we can have cap from earth 62 show up and now we have cap again like no well it's it's funny that you use the flash as the example because they do that exact same thing in the flash characters die and then it's like oh here's another one from another universe who's slightly different in personality right right and and i know especially with wells um (laughs) But, Which is fine because I yeah, love I, Tom Cavanaugh. I'm fine with that. He's so great. <laughs> but but at the same time, you know, I I feel like in TV is different than cinema, and the tone that they've set 
over the you know 11 years with almost two dozen movies that it would seem too much like a look this is your cap replacement there there's no difference there's no idiosyncrasies there's no, it's it's just a replacement and here's the reason we can give you a replacement and he's back go anybody it's ever gonna, see it's just uh, not gonna work anybody ever see beer fest yes no many yeah. many times i love beer yeah. fest <laughs> they replace a main character with his identical brother in the movie <laughs> gill and phil <laughs> yeah like in the middle of the movie oh yeah yeah they kill him off <laughs> They kill him off and, and immediately bring in his brother who says, oh, you know what? You guys should all just keep, call me by his th- that guy's name. Yeah, and you then, should just call me Lane they, Phil. And then they just keep going like nothing happened. <laughs> he falls into a vat of beer and tries to drink his way out of the vat of beer. Yeah. It actually creates like a little funnel down into his mouth, like a swirls down in. And he tries yeah. to drink his way out, drowns. And uh, at his funeral, shows up Brother Gill. Phil's brother Gil. <laughs> See, and and that that they probably did that on purpose to illustrate how silly it is right. when right. other mediums do that. Yeah, and that is exactly how it comes off. Yeah, but so no no multiverses. I don't I don't. <laughs> I'm okay with like cross dimension. I'm okay with. Well, what going they what to, they did. I, I I don't know what they did. I don't think the, it's gonna work with the Spider Verse. I thought was pretty awesome. You know, yes, something like yes. that is okay, but replacing a character from like a different eh. especially because they have replacements in this universe like if cap is the one to go oh yeah we have I other mean, characters yeah. that can be captain america we've like, wanted, wielded we, the shield before right, right. we yes. we've wanted um what was it uh three caps and a bug or whatever that little yeah we <laughs> yes. tried to come up with <laughs> three, Wait, caps, three, three, caps, three caps and an ant and a bug or something <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're, fun. we're, gonna we're still start... waiting on our funding for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're just going to have to start writing some of these one-shots and just let them sit there. Mm-hmm. We can always dream about what they could be. We just have to learn how to uh, how to write, but <laughs> how, to, <laughs> yeah. how, to write, how to write stories. And, they and got YouTube videos for that, right? So, yeah. yeah, they can teach you how to be creative. We just, yeah. we just, <laughs> once we learn that skill of <laughs> being creative, we're all set. Um, all right, so the next one I have, this one's one of the longer clips. This is uh, a little bit over five minutes. Um, this one I thought might just be fun to look back at now and see if anybody's opinions changed on the movie. But this is our Civil War review. So this is episode 49. Um, and leading up to Civil War and during our review, we started, we were talking about like which side you had fallen on because that was the whole marketing push, Team Cap, Team Iron Man. Um during this discussion, and I left most of it in there just to keep context in case uh, people sort of forgot why they chose the side that they do. So if this helps refresh memories at all. But Josh and Romano fell on opposite sides. Each one explained their reasoning well enough that I sort of, again, kept their opinions in there. Um, so we'll play this one. It's a little bit long. Bear with me. And uh, we'll see uh, if you agree with their points, disagree with their points. And And Josh, I'm just curious if you're still on the same side after all this. Okay. I did want to ask too. If prior to seeing the movie, had either of has any of you like picked a side, Team Cap or Team Iron Man? And then the follow up would be after seeing the movie, did you switch sides? I stayed on Team Cap. I didn't. Anybody team else? Cap. Okay, well, you guys are pretty cut and dry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't really have a side to begin with, but 
by the by the end, I was not really team either, but I was sort of angrier at Cap than anybody else. Like I okay. appreciated his philosophical point of views on the whole thing, but then at the end, you know, and Brian, as you said, really by Act Two, the Sokovia Accords really aren't even part of the story. They they yeah. they have consequences to your characters, but it's really not part of the plot much anymore. Um, and so, in the end, what it boiled down to was Tony Stark found out that Steve Rogers' friend killed his parents, and he wants to exact revenge on him for having done so. He doesn't care that he was brainwashed and experimented on, etc. That's what he's trying to do. And in the end, Cap's decision is, I'm going to protect my friend. I'm going to come to the point of cutting your head off nearly with my shield, <laughs> which he pretty much could have done and was probably in a, you know, it, it was a it was a moment's decision whether he's going to do that and split his head in two or jam it into his body armor that he, like he ultimately chooses. But I thought by the end, when that's your final conflict that's the final decision that had to get made i thought it was uncharacteristic of the rest of steve rogers character and kind of selfish what just that he protected his friend versus everything else that needed to be considered what he chose was me and my life and these people i know the people i'm affected by it it just it but i think it wasn't as strong of if it had still come down to the philosophical argument of the accords and whatnot, it would have it would have been a very different ending, would have been a very different climax, etc. But like yeah, I said, yeah. in the end, it just felt like he acted more self centered than the rest of the story had him set up to be. See, I don't know because I, I feel disagree. like that's the, it's the same through line that they put through Winter Soldier. The entire Winter Soldier, he's trying to save Bucky. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what else is going on, that same but, idea carries through Civil War as well. Which uh, which yeah. which occurred to me. However, remember right before they start that fight on the on the last helicarrier in 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 Winter Soldier, Cap says, "Don't make me do this." A lot of people are going to die, Bucky. Which means he, if yeah. he needed to, he was completely prepared to kill him. Probably, if need be, the only time that he ever stops is once he gets the last chip in the ship to nullify that threat. Then it becomes, I'm not going to fight you, you're my friend, go ahead and do what you're going to do. He put everything else that was more important above just this friend of his. And that seemed to flop, flip-flop, by the end of this. Okay, I could see that. I gotta disagree. Because like I said earlier, I, I still think that Tony went on his little crybaby tangent <laughs> and droid rage. You know, like, okay. Which, in all fairness, I think is just... Yeah. <laughs> it is, but he... But it's not like Bucky chose to do that, okay? So... Yeah, but you're telling me in the heat of the moment, if someone confesses, that's or you thing, find though. out... Oh, no, no, I understand that. That In the heat of the moment, that's what's going to happen, because that's what I would do. Yeah. But, and I think, and Cap realizes that, that in the heat of the moment, Tony is going to kill Bucky. So Tony has... 
Cap has to stop Tony any way he can. He's not going to kill Cap Tony, but he is going to stop him. Like I said earlier, he's Tony was going to keep coming until he couldn't come no more. And that was the only way that, Tony, that Cap was going to stop him was basically knocking his ass out and putting his shield through his arc reactor so it stopped the suit. It was the only way he was stopping him. And he, I think I think deep down inside, Cap knew that because Cap never wanted to hurt him. Cap was defending Bucky because he knew that he was going to kill Bucky. And he didn't want... A, he didn't want him to kill Bucky. And he didn't want Tony to be soiled with killing that, like, and regretting it later. I, yeah. I still think that... Because Cap's still in the moral, moral righteousness of everything. And I, I truly think that that's where that came down to, that, you know, Tony wasn't going to stop until Bucky was dead or he was stopped. And yeah. that's when Cap had to intervene and stop him. And I think that's really where that fight was going. So, Josh, do you still think Cap was selfish in that moment? So, re-listening to Romano's logic on it, um, and I, I, obviously, like, three years ago, I forget what, you know, I might have said next after that. <laughs> um, and I, it might have been similar to what I'm about to say. I don't know. Uh, I mean, he has a very well-reasoned argument and especially once he got to the point of saying that you know perhaps part of cap's actions have to do with saving tony from the regret of a decision or from not being able to take something back later etc hearing it again like for me that that would be the the strongest part of the argument that could sway me from what my past self was saying there um it still felt that yeah like in in the scheme of everything happening, Steve Rogers uh, was making the sort of the, the the small world decision. Here's me and my sphere. Here's the person that's important to me, regardless of, of the surrounding circumstances. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily say if I think that Cap was wrong anymore, but I think I might still more identify or under better understand uh i, I guess maybe a, a, agree with what tony wanted to have happen as a, as opposed to coming down on on saying that I, I think what steve did was right per se question brian do you have the notes i gave you and what i wrote for that note do you happen to have it or is it gone i think it's still on my phone somewhere okay i'm I I can't remember exactly what I wrote. Um, I'm gonna let him write for because I was just taking notes as I was taking notes on like, oh, this is that, that you know. Um, what I'll say in response to what you're saying is that Cap was never wrong. Cap was doing not only what was in the best interest of Bucky, but was what was in the best interest of everyone. He was also researching why Bucky was framed. As soon as he knew Bucky was framed, he knew Bucky didn't actually do it. And then he continued down that path to find out what had actually happened. And when he did, he was not going to stop in his path to try and save people. Yeah, Mike, I think all your note says is, does everyone still feel the same about Civil War fight Josh Cap was out of character. Mike Cap was in character. Oh, okay. At some point, <laughs> I, at some point, I know. I didn't know if it was there or if I had made it somewhere else. But I, I don't 
see any scenario in which Tony inciting with the government is the correct answer. Um, I, I don't see that ever because the government making those decisions is, I mean, th there's not a governmental body on earth that I would trust to make decisions on what superheroes ought to be doing. And yeah, I, I think my, I, I appreciated throughout the course of that movie until that point. And, and I think it, like in that clip, I, I do sort of, I, I say again that, if the if the dis if the main thing that you have to think about about uh, regarding which side you feel you sympathize with more had to do with that arrangement more so than what the you know what tony learns about about bucky then i think throughout the course of the movie they did an excellent job of uh ex explaining very well every both sides point of view and the side that you know initially tony and, and roadie and, and natasha fall down on um while it sounds like yeah they're you know quote siding with the government i some of the supporting arguments that tony provides them of like look maybe we need oversight you know the, what what we do has consequences along the way so i said so whether that's a side you would follow down on in the end or not i think i i i don't think the movie presented you with the choice they obviously thought you should be making yeah i guess maybe i set up the clip wrong because we're led to believe, even from the marketing, like Josh was saying, that the Registration Act was going to be the focal point of this movie. And it's, do you support government intervention intervention, or do you not? Do you side with the superheroes? And that's really not what this conflict in the movie is about. This, the whole Registration Act is the, the B storyline, if that, for Civil War. So even the final conflict of the, of the movie, that climactic fight, has nothing to do with superhero registration. It kind of does. So... It, Not in that moment. Well, I mean, if in that Cap moment, Tony been... wants to kill Winter Soldier well, because Winter Soldier killed his right. parents. Well, they make they it a personal emotional decision him. for him. But in general, if they were just doing what the government told them, they wouldn't have had any positive effect. Because they wouldn't, like, you know, like, yeah, Zemo was playing them. The whole time. And perhaps even that is a further commentary on that. That maybe had they had some oversight, they would have maybe been told like, hey, listen, this guy's playing you because now we have all the information located in one spot. And we know he did this and we know that the Winter Soldier killed Tony's parents and they're trying to pit you against each other. Maybe, you know, had they had that information, they wouldn't have wound up in the scenario they ended up in. I don't know. I feel like that's reaching. I mean, I mean, the, the the crux of the you know initial question, just sort of seeing has you know my feelings over time changed on where I was a few years ago. Yeah, maybe a a little bit, but I think I still understand. I think I side more with Tony in the final uh, 
disagreement between him and Cap as it concerns Bucky specifically. Yeah. So you... All right, fair enough. I just want to clarify. So you say Cap should have stood aside and let Iron Man kill Bucky? Or what What do you think Cap should have done in that scenario? How does it play out? It 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 seemed It seemed to me that it was not as much of Cap just trying to stop him from doing it in that moment but that he also felt that tony was wrong for wanting to do it yeah see i guess i never really read into it that way i i saw it as tony's coming for sort of the way i guess basically the way romano described it that tony is coming for winter soldier he wants him dead cap is the only thing stopping tony from doing that granted the two of them are throwing down with tony but i feel like that whole fight, they are trying to disable Tony, not kill him. Potentially, there's also there's also maybe like were there ever? Well, yeah, I guess so. Because um, I mean, Winter Soldier literally pins Tony against the wall and tries to dig out his arc reactor, which would shut off the suit. Yeah, and then his arm gets blasted off, and then it's up to Cap to disable the suit. And the other point I'd say is that Tony just kind of rages out and isn't willing to hear reason at all in that moment but again i do think that's justified is it i don't think that's like is out of rage- character for t- if you found out somebody just killed your mom and that person is no, no, right I, in front of you you would is totally it in character for tony yes it's in character but is it is it it's in character right? for anybody i think that doesn't make it right no it doesn't but i'm saying i think mo- it's understandable the, the heat of the moment i feel like people would definitely lose their shit that's completely understandable does it seem out of yeah does it regardless of whether it seems in character for that person or not uh i just think situationally it's it's rational to think that someone me could react that way that nothing else in the mcu has led you believe that tony stark is an impulsive person I'm not, no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying there's a difference between understanding you're basically what saying the i feel like does and siding with them is what i'm saying saying that you think they were it, uh, justified is different than understanding why they do it I almost feel like you're you're trying to say Tony should at that moment try to talk it out, and I think everything goes out the window at that moment. That's not a talking For moment. Maybe the smartest man on the planet, who who again has acted impulsively in previous movies. Absolutely, but it's just it's something where I would say he's not acting out of character. I don't have a problem with the way they wrote it or anything, but that doesn't mean that he's in the right for doing it. He's still wrong for doing it. Yeah, I guess I'm not saying it's the, it's the right way to play that scenario. Like, no no one should try to kill someone else. It, that's my point. And that's what Cap's trying to prevent there. And that's why I'm on his side for that, is what I'm getting at. Is It's not that what Tony's doing is not understandable or anything like that. It's not justifiable. Like, it's not, you can't say, like, oh, he should try to kill him. No. <laughs> you should not try to just kill somebody. Especially when it's somebody you... Like, Tony knows this dude has been brainwashed. Like... Right. I, yeah, I don't know how to how to try to get... I feel like I'm just going to end up repeating the same stuff I've said before, so I don't know how to say it any differently. No, I, I'm just... I, I just don't... I'll, I'll drop it. <laughs> I, 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 I could just argue about it for 
a long time, but it's just... Yeah, I feel like we're at an impasse, and we're just going to go back and forth for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I, and that's what I'm trying to avoid. I, I just, you know... Andy, you've been awfully quiet. <laughs> you want to get uh, in on this. I know you do. <laughs> I, fe- I feel like we've actually had this episode before, so... <laughs> <laughs> Were you on that episode? I don't even know if you were on that episode. I, I can't remember. I didn't hear myself, so I'm guessing not, but who knows. All right, so I'm going to, uh, in lieu of all this, I'm going to move us on to the next one. Because <laughs> we still have a, a decent bit to get through here. Okay. Um, all right, so this is going to uh, episode 94. This was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 Review. Um. So for this clip, I mentioned a headline that I saw addressing the title for Avengers 4 and uh, see if I was anywhere close to being what it ended up being. <laughs> like the logical, because it was originally titled Infinity War Part 1 and 2, so we assumed yeah. that, you know, it's a, it's a two-act story, is that something happens at the end of Part 1 and they still have to finish and fight him in Part 2. What if, okay, so let's see if they're not going to call it Infinity Wars Part 1 and Part 2. There's going to probably be Infinity Wars and then it may be Infinity Gauntlet. Maybe. Like, it's like the, the Wars is going to be, like, basically collecting all the stones, like, the fight to get the stones, and then... They have to fight him when he gets them all. And then, yeah, and then the second movie would be him actually having all the stones in the Gauntlet. That's my The only thing, I... I think it was somewhere... I'd seen the headlines, I didn't click the articles, but... Zoe Saldana supposedly may have let slip the name of of Avengers 4 in interviews for Guardians. I did see that, but I didn't read it. And, I did, again, I didn't read the article. I saw some sort of key art picture that probably could have been fake, or maybe someone was just running with it from the, maybe what she leaked in an interview. But I had seen Avengers Secret War floating around. So I don't know if that could be the subtitle for Part 4, or for Avengers 4. But they're they're coming out still. They're still coming out a year apart from each other, right? Yeah. I just I just don't I don't see how that's possible. I mean, Secret War could be a scenario that Thanos creates with the Gauntlet. If they if they want to go that route, and if you're gonna get one shot at Secret War with the cast that you have now, that would be the time to do it. Oh, just tell me we're gonna get Tom Holland in the black symbiote suit. Yes. (laughs) Well, that. See, that raises bigger questions, because if Sony is moving forward on a Venom spinoff movie, will Marvel be even able to use the symbiote suit in something? This is why I fucking hate that Sony shit. Alright, we gotta get back on top of the Guardians, (laughs) because we could be here for hours doing this. (laughs) So, wrong again. I thought it was going to be Secret War. It is Endgame. (laughs) Romana's prediction was wrong, too. Thought Infinity Gauntlet. Which he was closer. All things considered, probably. I mean, that being said, I'd still love to see a Secret Wars movie. Just for the record. I think we all should love to see a Secret <laughs> Wars movie. That sounds amazing. Um, that's like a fanboy's dream type of movie. Like the plot to Secret War. Yeah. Or Secret Wars. It was, for any who don't know, they get taken away. It's the Beyonder, right? that grabs them up. I think, yeah. And takes them all away to this distant planet and kind of just says, well, you guys got to fight. <laughs> and it, it's... And just handpicks a bunch of different characters from different groups. Yeah. So it's a whole mishmash of characters. 
Yeah, it, like people that would not normally fight each other, but they're forced to fight, and, and it's just fucking cool as shit. So <laughs> maybe in the future. Yeah, we can hope. I know there's something that I was, I think, way off on in my Infinity War predictions specifically were that I didn't think that uh, you would really see the use of the stones in uh, in totality until the second movie. I think I have that clip somewhere coming up. Do you? Yeah. I think, I, it's, I, I think it's in the back half of all these, but yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you might actually be able to hear yourself say what you're thinking right now. (laughs) Um, All right, so the next one. We're uh, fast-forwarding up to episode 117. This was the first Infinity War trailer that we talked about. Um, So some of I think the next couple ones get a little bit more recent for some of the stuff we covered. Um, I'm curious to see... I don't remember if uh, Josh even listened to this part is sort of what I was thinking. Because, Josh, you traditionally, at least lately, even, have been avoiding all the marketing and stuff for this stuff. So, did you do you ever go back and listen to the episodes we do on the trailers after you after the movie comes out? I do. Okay. So, I was thinking maybe you haven't heard this part yet. But, with that in mind, you probably have. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is uh, something Bradley wanted to point out in the trailer that he thought might piss a lot of people off. Well, I was talking with some friends of mine at the time that the trailer dropped, and we all kind of watched at the same time, and I think at least three of us had the exact same reaction. And then I thought about it afterwards, and it kind of dawned on me as to why. And I'll see if you guys have the same thought on why Black Widow's hair is blonde in this trailer. I had one thought. I want to see if you guys have the same thought. The only thought I had is that it's some undercover work for her. That's what I thought. Was that she's in disguise on the run from somebody for something, or she's doing undercover, or something. Yeah. See, for me, if it has a story context of she's dyed it for disguise, or it's a wig for being on the run, or something like that, okay, I'm fine with it. If it's Black Widow decided to go blonde... It's kind of like, uh, I don't know about that. I don't, I, like, I don't like it as a permanent thing. But if it's a temporary thing, I'm okay with it. I'm wondering if they'll even address it. Like, if, if I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if no one mentions the hair at all. Yeah, that would just kind of, that, that, I'll guarantee you right now, that pisses a lot of people off. If <laughs> Mike, they didn't mention the hair. I will defend this. <laughs> Um, they they actually don't on screen, but I don't know if any of you guys read the Infinity War Prelude comic. I have not. No. Um, it details what Cap was up to after Civil War and kind of like in between uh, Civil War and Infinity War. And so we see when he comes back in Infinity War that he arrives with uh, Falcon and Black Widow. Because he put them together to form an unofficial secret Avengers. So, so does it explain why her hair is different? I mean, that is undercover work. She is on the run. She joins Cap. He's still on the run from the government at the time Avengers Infinity War happens. They are actually still on the run and still fugitives. 
Right. So, so they, that's so what they explicitly say in the comics? Not explicitly, but if she's with Cap that whole time, she's a fugitive, so it explains it enough. What were you talking about, like, I guess when you said when you said it was going to piss a lot of people off, are you talking about characters in the movie that they didn't talk about, or are you talking about people watching the movie it was going to piss uh, them people off? People watching they don't the talk movie. About people okay. watching the movie. Yeah, I, I would assume there was plenty of people upset that they just kind of were like, uh, I mean, at least people that care about the character in the comics, because never is Black Widow portrayed to have any other color of hair, and it. it it doesn't bother me knowing their explanation for it. And now that she's back with the team, we see again in Endgame in the posters, she is back to red hair. Um, mm-hmm. So. Spoilers. <laughs> you said you saw those posters. Is she <laughs> in the posters? Yes. <laughs> yes, she's in the posters. All right. then. All right. Then I'll, that's a fair game then. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, she she's still blonde in the Captain Marvel tag scene. Yes, I think that is meant to be fairly soon. No, I think it's meant to be fairly soon after the snap that that scene takes place. So she hasn't sure done any of that yet. Okay, like, like you know. Yeah, I, I the best I could come up with before was that yeah that it was for some kind of like disguise idea. At the same time, like that is literally like the least smallest thing you could possibly do. Yeah, like oh I'm I I am who I am. International espionage and everything, and these particular world governments and agencies might be looking for us, but ho ho ho, they're not looking for a blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. I would say that it was maybe just part of whatever disguise she had put together. You know what I mean? And we just don't see the rest of it because she's not bothering with it at the point that we see her. There's aliens that she's fighting, and I don't (laughs) think that people are going to mind. No, no, I know. It it did seem like an awkward choice for them to make, especially if... uh, Because the same people wrote both movies. They're directing both movies. They created them. It was an odd choice, seemingly, to arbitrarily have her different with no explanation for no real good reason in the one, if she, if they were just going to put her back to red in the second one. No, like I said, that, that that's why I look at the prelude comic. Yeah. And you guys eh. need to brush up on those maybe for Jeopardy because there's going to be questions. Oh God. Well, I, th- I mean, in that regard, even if I had seen that explanation provided, I just don't think it's a strong reason to do it. Like it didn't yeah. really, it didn't really, it it still doesn't do much for the had, story. Or, yeah, it had or no effect else. on on Infinity War whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't affect anything. So yeah. it, that's why you know, like it's it's one of those things that it's just it's an annoying thing, but it's not something that I really gave a shit about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it the, it it just it stuck out so much, and because it was so inconsequential, and because there wasn't an on screen explanation given, and 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 that. That's why, and I, because I it was like platinum it. white blonde, like not even just a subtle change; it's a huge fucking change. Yeah, so like all those things put together, you're like, oh, did you really need to do that? But I digress. All right, so I'm gonna move us on to our next clip, which uh, 
this one's from our Black Panther review. This is episode 126. Um, this one, I at least wanted to bring it up. It, it hasn't been able to be com- uh, confirmed one way or the other. Um, it was just a theory that I sort of had that came up online, I think, from reading stuff. And it's good enough that I want to repeat just in case it actually pans out somewhere down the line. So I will present this to you guys again. There was a theory that I caught online from some people. I don't know if you guys have heard this. So I'm going to run it by you and see what you think. Um, in the comics, there is a black female character named Riri who has taken up the mantle of Iron Man and been called Ironheart. Yes. yes. In this film, they've introduced, like you guys were saying, a very tech-savvy young black woman who is quippy and very fun, a la Tony Stark. Could Riri, could they frame it in the MCU as, like, Riri being Tony Stark's nickname for Shuri? Could Shuri replace Tony Stark as Iron Man? Do you think they're thinking that that far ahead? Anybody else like that idea? Should we see Shuri take up the Iron Man armor somewhere down the line? I think it would fit pretty well. It'd be neat. I I think it'd be cool, a cool little transition there to, you know, if Tony's no longer going to be there, she'd be, I'd be more than happy to see her there. Yeah, I think that'd be a fun, fun change of pace. I think it also makes well. I gone back and forth on this because Black Panther didn't come out for two years after Civil War. It takes place within the, like the ten days following Civil War, um, and it came out two and a half months before Infinity War. So I think it it tends to feel like the events of Black Panther almost take place immediately before Infinity War, even though there's like a two year gap. Um, at, at least a year to year and a half, say. Um, I, uh, I I think they definitely laid the groundwork for a replacement. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think she'd be a good replacement, and you don't have to jump through any hoops to get there, you know? Uh, being, I guess she's the princess of Wakanda. They kind of yeah. seem to have unlimited assets, kind of like yeah. Tony. So funding will not be an issue, neither will the technology. So And at the at the end of Black Panther and this is where I like I have a problem with the time gap, maybe at the end of Black Panther, it obviously establishes that, you know, T'Challa is t- tells her basically I mean, I got the impression he's like, here, this facility that we're going to establish here in, you know, Oakland, California, this is this is your baby. This is your project. Um, so that gives her a basis to be in America. That's fair. Yeah, to, yeah. To be, forgot, to be I kind of forgot based, about that. Maybe not in New York anymore, but to be based in America and you know not on the continent of Africa anymore. Right. Maybe we get to see something of what's happened with that since then in, you know, Endgame. Maybe. Maybe they make a stop there or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I said, if she's had, uh, you know, at least a year from the time they introduced that. I mean, obviously construction takes a lot of time and, and whatnot, but um, yeah, maybe there is some progress they've made. And so there's something to show for it. Perhaps. I mean, she also is still in Wakanda when they show up for, they do. Infinity yeah. War, so who knows? It's kind of why I forgot that she, she sort of got dropped off in Oakland at the end of black Panther. Yeah. And I mean, I, I could almost see them explaining that away in a way that I could accept you know, like if they said, well, the moment that like aliens showed up on Earth 
at the beginning of Infinity War, she, you know, took a Wakandan Deuced out. jet. <laughs> yeah, and got her got her butt back home. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, we can't confirm or deny, but we'll have to see see how that one pans out later on, somewhere in Phase Four. Hmm. Um. All right. So next one I got. This is from. You know, we always wondered what, uh, why the Doctor Strange review kept bringing people to listen to it all the time. Why it's <laughs> yeah. like all the way at the top of our list normally. I I ended up finding a wide range of topics that we covered in that episode that I've sprinkled through a lot of these clips. Um, so this one was, I, I think the the whole rest of the clips that I have all basically deal with Infinity War or Infinity Stone predictions and stuff like that. Um, so this was the earliest I could find as a recorded uh, guess or prediction theory for the end of Infinity War. And this was all the way back from November of 2016. And it sort of in my mind for for Infinity War, the way that plot of that movie in my mind is going to go is that Thanos, by the beginning of that movie, knows where all six are. It's him hunting them down. And by the third act of the movie, he gets all six, puts them in the gauntlet and just wrecks shit. And that's (laughs) where it ends. Right, decimates the Avengers and yeah, Empire that, that, Strikes Back that, ending. So that was pretty damn close, I think. So, uh, Brian, yeah. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you three points for that. <laughs> nice. I mean, that was pretty much exactly spot on. I mean, Mike was in. I, I got to give Mike a point there too because he was he was definitely agreeing with me, and I think we were just basing our knowledge off of what we knew the comics did. So it wasn't so much of a guess or theory as like this is what is probably going to happen because they have the the they're adapting this story. But considering it was that long ago, we we did nail it from that that review from Doctor Strange. It entirely. I mean, that's exactly what happens. He knew the Power Stone was on uh, Xandar. He knew that uh, there were two or three stones on Earth. He knew to go basically look for Loki. Yeah, because he figured he would start there to get the Tesseract. So, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what happened. <laughs> So it was a full two and a half years before the movie. Or no, it's all right because it was two. It's two and a half years now. So it was a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. Hey, good work. Uh, pat myself on the back later. <laughs> uh, all right. So next one is from episode one seventeen. This was from the Infinity War trailer discussion. Uh, we talk about the lack of certain characters in the trailer and uh, what that could mean for the movie. All right. So what about people that we have been established in other movies? There's no Hawkeye in this trailer. There's no Ant Man or Wasp. Are you just sure have there's roles? no Ant-Man and Wasp? I mean, they could be very tiny somewhere that, that well, I just don't see them. Yes. <laughs> that that was my assumption. Is I didn't What we didn't see down. is there with that whole crew of people in Wakanda running towards the screen. They're on Falcon's back somewhere. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't... Hawkeye, I would say, he'll be there. I just think he happens to not be seen. I think it's funny. He's featured in the original Avengers movie, and yet they don't give him screen time in event in an Avengers trailer. Like that just seems like a dick move. True. Like even just a shot to be like, "Oh, look, it's Hawkeye." Like they don't give him no love. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not getting the love, but he's gonna. I mean, it's Hawkeye. He's gonna be there. Like he's not. I don't see him not being there for any reason. Well, I'm just thinking if he's not in the trailer very much, does that mean he's gonna bite it? Uh... I don't Ant Man and Wasp I can forgive because they have a movie coming up right after Avengers three. Yeah, so 
So they're probably safe, even if they're not in the trailer. But Hawkeye, he's been under the gun for like every one of these movies. Oh, and I, and I think introducing his very likable family and everything in the last one sets up that, you know, super emotional moment that they would go for of Cap having to go or Tony having to go and tell her that he died. Yeah. You know, I think they would go that route. Well, they were setting that up in Age of Ultron and then they misdirected it with Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they would go as far as that again. Like they, you know, they sort of like steered away from that once. I don't know if they'd steer back into it now, but who knows? So Bradley predicted Hawkeye would appear in Infinity War. Wrong. <laughs> I predicted Hawkeye would die again. Wrong. <laughs> I I still say what the fuck on Hawkeye not being anywhere seen in Infinity War. <laughs> this like. They had a long-ass movie there for one of their six main characters that they could have just given us a... Just, just something. Do you know? Just a, a post credit scene. Something. Do you suppose it was a Jeremy Renner contract issue? Like he had something else being filmed at the time? It wasn't Mission Impossible Fallout. Well, they did film these back-to-back, right? And that was the reason he sort wasn't of. in Fallout was because he had to film scenes for Avengers. I mean, I mean, on the one hand, like two or three of the main team get taken off Earth pretty much instantaneously as soon as the aliens arrive and anyone realizes anything's wrong. The other people remaining on Earth, like, I mean, Cap and them have been on the run for so long that presumably, well, so what do they say that Cap, Cap basically busted out Falcon, Scarlet Witch. Scott. I thought he, he busts them all out, right? Well, I, mean, I don't. He I shows don't up at the end of, he... in the prison at the end of that movie. Yeah, but it's kind of a dick something... thing to do to be like, no, nah, I'm just taking these two. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> no, stay. no, no. Right. Yeah, so I don't think he intentionally did it. But in Ant Man, they is it Ant Man and the Wasp, or maybe it's in Infinity War. They make a point of saying Scott and Clint took a deal. Yeah, that they're under house arrest. Right. So. They would not have, like, they probably, t- I doubt Cap busted them out. And then, like, they said, no, we need to go back and make this right. Because, like, they probably just didn't leave the raft. They probably said, you guys go. And after they were gone, they did what they needed to. Yeah. Um. So then, if Cap and them had been on the run for a year and a half-ish if in the timeline, then maybe they were like, let's probably not bug Clint he, you know, he did what he needed to, and he, we probably don't need to drag him back into this. Right. I, 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 I could buy that. Uh, all right, I'll move us on to the next one. Next one is from the same episode, Infinity War trailer discussion. And I get, certain clips like this, I guess, make me realize why we don't really do the in-depth trailer discussions like we do. Like the scene-by-scene trailer analysis that we did way back when. Because not that this, like, spoils a big moment. But we, we don't dig through the trailers to find little things like this anymore. Tony starts to turn and look at the camera. He's holding something in his right hand. Did anybody catch what he is holding? Oh, now I'm going to have to watch this moment again. Like, it's a wide shot, so it's sort of hard to tell what's in his hand, but he is holding something that I feel like is significant. I'm going to pause the clip right there just because I want to insert a that's what she said joke in there. <laughs> but I, I will continue now. It's, Doesn't it look like a cell phone? Like a flip phone? Does it? 
Like a flip phone that Captain America left for him at the end of Civil War? It could be. All I can really see is a little light. Yeah, I think that's the front of the flip phone. Like, I think he's he must have made a phone call when he's closing or opening the phone. Like, he's reaching out the cap at that point is the way I'm zooming. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'd seen people zoom in, screenshot Tony holding the phone, and just with the caption like, He has the same phone that Cap gave him at the end of Civil War! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, that kind of thing. So, that's just a fun callback. If it indeed is the phone. Like, the the shots that I'd seen, it looked like... Again, it's not clear, but as far as I can tell, I would agree that that is a phone. So, I think that'll be a fun callback and see how that works out. So, as little as that was, that was that was scene analysis that we used to do for a lot of these trailers. Picking apart all the littlest things that we can possibly freaking find. Yeah, I mean, you were almost right. Yeah, he, he was try- attempting to make a call. He didn't actually call him. Yeah. Had you like had, had you called that Bruce would be the one that makes the call for real? That would have been... Yeah. <laughs> that would have dug nothing out of that trailer that even hints at that, but I still would have called it. Um... Next one, same same episode from that Infinity War trailer discussion. Um, since we sort of got the cell phone right, this is one that we sort of got. Well, there was, I guess there's certain things in here that we got right because they're explicitly kind of shown to us in the trailer. Uh, Mike claims that this, this weapon belongs to certain someone when it is in fact not. Did somebody slow down and get a good look at who catches the spear that's thrown? I think that's Cap. It's supposed to be Cap that catches it? Because the setting looks to be the same setting where he comes out of the shadows with the beard. Okay. I wasn't sure about that. I was just wondering if we had a, any... And it seems like that. after that shot, you see Black Widow seemingly stabbing someone with a spear. So that could be some sort of fight going on with them involving those two and someone else. Yeah, I would say it's definitely a Wakandan weapon of some sort. Because in the still frame they have up, you can see like... Um, the Nigerira's character running with a spear that looks similar. Mm, okay. I feel like you can tell at the end of that clip, I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Wakandan weapon, my ass, Mike. <laughs> I just was going off context, and I was, uh, <laughs> that was a big swing and a miss. <laughs> In all fairness, like, we knew a lot of the movie took place in Wakanda because of the trailer. So it was, it was an educated guess. It was just a swing and a miss. Um, all right, next one we got was from episode 131. This was our MCU refresher Infinity War prep. Um, so leading into Infinity War, we're doing basically the same thing we did now. It was sort of a refresher and a prep for what's coming. Um, Josh had a bold prediction for <laughs> Avengers 4. I th- and this is just a presumption on my part. It has nothing to do with any knowledge of anything in the trailers. I'm assuming he has to get the Time Stone last. Um, okay. S- just simply because the effects of the Time Stone, I feel, would be... Would make the other ones too easy for him. What if... But, but, but going off of that, what if he got the Time Stone out of the five? What if he got that last and used time manipulation... To somehow go to the point in you know space time where the soul stone could be found, maybe that is one of the key elements to accessing it. 
that's another thought, you know, in, in, there's so many possibilities. The time travel thing could be a complete mindfuck, because if he yeah. goes back in time to get the Soul Stone, technically he could start from that point, and none of our heroes have ever came to be, and we have no movie. Yes. Oh, that'd be so great, wouldn't it? <laughs> so there's gotta be a catch to bring him back to present day somehow, if he time travels. Oh, come on, if that was the whole thing, if Avengers 4 is not even a thing, like, if they're not actually <laughs> planning on making it, like, the movie ends with Thanos end- winning. Yes. It's just credits. <laughs> he gets just them, credits. he wipes everyone out, there's like ten minutes of misery credits yeah <laughs> just robert downey jr throwing up blood just like oh oh god no and credits just right there just and it just says nobody will ever be returning you know it would take me like 10 more years to get used to that joke <laughs> like for the next 10 years i'd be like those motherfuckers built this up for 10 years to do this bullshit to me yeah oh that'd be brilliant and they made 80 billion dollars along the way right <laughs> They took my money ten times by now. I know, it's great. It'll be be like all those assholes that saw Phantom Menace ten times expecting it to get better. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be me. Maybe it'll change this time. Maybe if I see it again. I'll watch it till I like it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Can you... Josh is still predicting... Well, I guess you've already been proven wrong because we're getting Avengers 4. There was no (laughs) ending of Infinity War and that's it. Damn it. Although I, I would I would make a campaign that I deserve a quarter of a point that he did indeed <laughs> use the time stone in order to obtain one of them. That's true. That's true. But um, I, I'd, I, I'd say I, we got it fairly good on that he was gonna, you know, kill everyone and then credits. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, I he didn't I, kill I did everyone, but right, right. Um, I think and and there, a, there kind of was a moment of, sort of, of Tony probably spitting blood for a, <laughs> a, a, a little bit. Like, it happened. It was one of the last things we see from Tony. Yeah. There, we'll give Mike half a point, too. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh. Next one. Next one is from our Thor Ragnarok review. That was episode 115. Uh. Andy asks a very important question. Can the Infinity Stones be destroyed? Has it never uh, happened in the is... Marvel comics? I was going to say, I don't think so. I didn't think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, in the they comics, just have to be separated. Happened. Yeah, they're separated, guarded, all that. Because really, if they were that much of a threat to Thanos and then people figure out that he's coming, they I feel like they would have tried to destroy them already just to prevent yeah. him from getting them. Why keep them? Yeah, good point. Although, I mean, in reality, well, not in reality, in the comics reality, the the only character I believe that could destroy an Infinity Stone is Scarlet Witch. Um, not in the not in the movies because they didn't give her the same power set, but she could just wish them out of existence in the comics, hmm. and okay. they would be gone. I mean, that she she can do that kind of thing. So, yeah, Mike, we got to give you half a point for that one. <laughs> Yeah. You got the character right, but you explicitly said not in the movies. Yeah, and honestly, I was stupid then not to have realized that she could. Because you watch Civil War, she grabs Vision by the stone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, like. She... Uh, that was delayed for me. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, like, it, it would lead you to believe that, yeah, she does have the ability to do it in there. So. 
Although I think no, I think you're you were well reasoned though because you said that they didn't give her the power set to wish them out of existence, but they did provide an alternate explanation that since both of their powers and life force have been influenced, you know, the origin of it from that that they would be compatible enough that she could affect it. Yes. Yeah, and, so, and that's you weren't that far yeah. off. I'll, I'll take the half point proudly on that. <laughs> <laughs> Take what you can get at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing well. I'm not doing well. So when I do something right, I'll I'll definitely be proud. Uh, all right, so I'm going to run these three clips. The next three clips are all back-to-back. They all have to do with Loki and the Tesseract and different different episodes that we've sort of touched on this one. So the first episode was from the Thor Ragnarok review. Um, again, episode 115. So this is when we sort of kicked off our discussion about what was going on with Loki and the Tesseract, whether or not he took it or not. The leaked Avengers 4 trailer that they had showed at D23 and then San Diego Comic-Con that was put online after the fact. Did you watch that when it was out? I did, but I think only once. And it was like the very, you know, shaky, handheld kind of version of it. Yeah, the quality wasn't good. uh, Yeah, I mean, eventually, through the events of the first movie, Infinity War, I'm assuming will be most of the battle and journey of Thanos obtaining all the stones. Well, there was definitely a shot in that quick little trailer they put out of Loki handing the Tesseract to Thanos. Oh, so he's a dick. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's Loki, like, they've established Loki will do anything to save his ass. If Thanos knows he has the cube, and Loki thinks he's going to live if he gives him the cube, that's what he's going to do. Regardless of what what repercussions that has, that's what he will do. You you guys are under... The uh, you're in the camp of he already has it. Oh yeah, when he when he gives that yeah. little sideways glance to it when he's taking Surtur's mask to the Eternal Flame, yeah, you, you can pretty much make the assumption that he snagged it. All right, so we're basing off another leaked trailer, but pretty confident that Loki has it. Our next clip was from a couple episodes later. This was the the first Infinity War trailer. Um. We continue on with the thought process of Loki and the Tesseract. We talk about how Thanos could get the Tesseract from him. So mm-hmm. we have to assume that's why that ship shows up at the end credits of Thor. Is that they're sensing the Tesseract, that Loki has it, mm-hmm. and they want it. I would assume that's the case. It, I mean, or it's something completely off the wall. I mean, isn't Loki already indebted to Thanos? Didn't Thanos give him the Tesseract to go to Earth? Mm-hmm. He gave him the Scepter to go to Earth and get the Tesseract. Yeah. Okay. He sent him to retrieve the Tesseract, and he failed. And and I don't think um, he's seen him since, so this could be a really fun reunion for the both of them. Yes. Where Loki... Maybe Loki had the correct things in mind when he took the Tesseract. Perhaps he was thinking, if we just let this get blown into space... When Surtur destroys Asgard, it's definitely going to wind up in the hands of Thanos. Perhaps he I... takes it, and then he gets cornered by Thanos and has no choice but to hand it over because he knows he can't handle him. See, I kind of see it the other way. Was that he? Well, sort of jumping off that last part is that I think Loki took it for very selfish reasons. Maybe assuming Thanos is going to come looking for me at some point because I fucked up. I lost the Infinity Stone that he gave me, and I couldn't get the one he wanted me to get. So, at some point, he's going to come looking for me, and I need this as a safety net to just be like, do not kill me. I have what you wanted me to get in the first place. 
He's only covering his own ass. Right. I definitely think that's the case. I don't think he wants Thanos to take power. I think he wants the power for himself, but he knows he can't handle him, so he's doing what he must. Yeah. More to the point, do you think Loki's going to die in this movie? I don't know if they're going to kill him. I mean, I think he's on the chopping block. It would not surprise me if he did die. So we made Loki death predictions a little bit there, too. Uh, last quick clip I have <laughs> kind of reiterates a little bit of a theme from the, the first clip. Um, this was from a more recent episode. This is episode 131. This is our MCU refresher for Infinity War and that prep episode. Um, yeah, I just I, th- I thought this one was funny because uh, Bradley uses the same choice word to describe Loki that Joss used uh, two clips ago. Maybe Loki does it to save everyone. Maybe he does. Maybe Hashtag Loki's save Loki. not a dick anymore. <laughs> for you know, but as far as what we know of Loki, Loki will act like he's not a dick just to be a bigger dick later. And that's why we Fair love enough. him. Yes, because <laughs> so he is I- very consistent. <laughs> so do we think that Loki has been a consistent dick <laughs> through Infinity War? I think his final moments were pretty redeeming. Yeah, which I don't think any of us, between all the clips I just played, none of us really predicted that happening. No. I, I honestly think I predicted the opposite, where Loki wouldn't be arrogant enough to actually try and physically attack Thanos. Well, we all were thinking selfish reasons that he would present the Tesseract to Thanos, when in fact he was doing it very selflessly yes. to save Thor. So we were we were way off on that one. Um, all right, so I think the next, pretty much every other, well, there's a couple at the end that I think deal with more character death predictions and stuff, but the majority of the next clips we're going to hear will be uh, Infinity Stone related. Um, so since one of the first like MC movies we, we reviewed for the Braga and Super Friends podcast was Age of Ultron, at that episode was when Josh and I, I think it was Josh and I, uh, start to try to figure out where the other, at that time, two remaining stones would show up, which is the Time Stone and the Soul Stone were still missing at that point. Even, I guess, since we're touching on the Infinity Stones, do we have any guesses on where the remaining two could be? Because we've got, the Mind Stone is now in Vision's head. Uh, the Power Stone was what was in Guardians of the Galaxy, so that's now with the Nova Corp. Uh, the Reality Stone was, I guess we can assume, is still with the Collector, even though his his museum sort of got blown up. And the Tesseract, which I think is the Space Stone, is with Odin and Asgard and that kind of stuff. So we're still missing the Soul Stone and the Time Stone. Any guesses where we could be seeing those in Phase 3? Um, I'm going to say that the Soul Stone makes most sense to appear in Doctor Strange. Yeah, that would be my thought, too. Uh, the, the, the Time Stone could be, um, I don't know, it could have something to do with Guardians 2, perhaps? That, I mean, that's the only other one that makes sense for me. I th- there you go, Josh. Two wrong predictions for both of us, because <laughs> I agreed with you completely. <laughs> 
Oh, entirely. Yeah, we were not even in the ballpark. <laughs> I mean, we kind of were like, oh, well, Doctor Strange, maybe. I mean, you know, but, but, uh, nothing. Nope. I mean, we, we had one of the movies, right? We just had the wrong stone. And the other one was, yeah, way off. Although I, I remember at some point in, in the past, especially for the Soul Stone, I think once we knew where the Time Stone was, saying that like if the if it turned out the Soul Stone was also on Earth, that that would aggravate me, especially once you realize there's, that the Time Stone is on Earth, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of that discussion for the Soul Stone of where it could end up, and yeah, the, I have I have a lot of clips of those. I think. All right. Um. Next one is uh, episode 92. This is our Thor Ragnarok trailer discussion. Um, we had more predictions for the, stole, the, the Soul Stone. So this was after Doctor Strange. So we at that point, we already know the Time Stone is with Doctor Strange. So we're still trying to figure out where that pesky Soul Stone is. Do we want to make any guesses on if we'll see an Infinity Stone in this movie? We have one left to go. My guess is Everything, no. But go ahead. Everything that Thor has been pointing to in the last couple of Avengers movies just points to me saying yes. Okay. Maybe that's what they're fighting for. They're, they're fighting the, for an Infinity like, Stone? Bathe, bathe in a pool after Age of Ultron to figure out because another one of the stones had come up and he left saying like I have to go research this and whatnot. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know if that would mean that they like he knows where the the last one is, or if that would just mean he's aware of someone gathering them, and has to try to figure out why. Or maybe that's what Hell's going after. Could I mean one theory I saw was that that was she has one in her possession, and that's what helps her level Asgard and, and destroy Mjolnir. Yeah, yeah, that could be too. So I mean, the last stone has to be cosmic, which leads it. Guardians 2 or Thor Ragnarok. I think these are the only two logical places for it to show up. I don't think well, it makes think sense for it to be on Earth again. You think Both? Guardians will have a post credit scene relating to this. So there's no Guardians post credit scene for this. It was not in Ragnarok. I think some it of the next clips I have too are... Yeah, we had that part right. Um, so this was... The next one I think is is... Yeah, this is episode 94. This is our Guardians 2 review episode. Um, since Guardians was on the on the table as a place where the Soul Stone could show up, um, during the review of the movie, we realized, nope, it was not in there, at least that we could we could see. So we started talking about if it was in there, maybe maybe we missed it. I was Andy, really going somewhere? surprised that we did not... Um even hear a mention. Oh, well, I guess they did mention Infinity Stone once, but, I mean, that was it. They just mentioned the fact that Star-Lord held an Infinity Stone in his hand. That was it. I was, yeah. pretty, I was pretty shocked by that. Well, I guess that narrows the field, right? The third one, gotta, the, 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 the last, last one, one, the sixth gotta, one. Gotta come in Ragnarok, right? Yeah, that would be my guess. It's the only place that makes sense. It's gotta be Hellas having it if she can destroy Mjolnir and take over Asgard, right? Yeah. Uh, that's a, yeah, like, I don't know if she's powered by an Infinity Stone or if she's just that powerful to begin with. Leveling Asgard might be an Infinity Stone. Stopping Mjolnir could just be her. I don't know. But the only the only stone that's left is the Soul Stone. So I don't know how the like that designation that? fit with Thor. 
Like, what would they use the specifically the Soul Stone for? Well, wait a minute. Is it, isn't Black Panther before that? Right. Oh. That's like March or... To oh, Josh just re- reminded me what date it was. It's February or March, and I can't remember well, which one now. If any, if any place should have a Soul Stone, I would think it would be... Fondu. Yeah. Well, the only thing with that is that that would put a fourth stone on Earth. Like, the whole point is to separate these damn things, and they keep showing up on Earth? Like, to me, that, that screams it's gotta be somewhere else. How, how's that four on Earth? I mean, they made it to Earth. They didn't. You they had the cube there. That was it. They had, the, the scepter was still there. After, but after Avengers. But that was brought there. Right, but it was still there for a while, so that's two. Still, the time stone, there. we don't know how long the time stone's been there. Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Oh, that's right. But that, that's that's portal dropping, so that that could be brought it's still there. Still centered too. on it's, Earth. It does okay. Could still be brought there. Um, what else was there? I mean, I guess the Mind Stone's there now. Or no, I said that. That was the scepter. That was the scepter. What the hell else am I thinking? Oh, you know what? The, the no, ether. never mind. I'm the thinking ether the ether was... is from Earth, but she teleported somewhere to grab the ether. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was in. Um... Was that in? It was in Asgard, wasn't it? Well, the, the fourth stone would be the soul stone if it is, in fact, in the continent. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there's there's too many hovering around Earth that it doesn't make sense to me to put another one there. I feel like it makes sense to just have it somewhere else in the galaxy. Well, okay, if um, if Hellas plays like the Satan of the uh, Norse mythology or whatever... Uh, maybe. maybe that's how she takes souls. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Kapow. Just that is yeah, probably the best way it makes sense to me right now. Kapow. <laughs> Ida Bell oh, agrees. Wham! She said, <laughs> she, she nodded her head, yes. Andy's dropping some knowledge. <laughs> yes. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out in November if you're right. November? Yeah. Ragnarok, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like how Andy completely forgets when Ragnarok's coming out. <laughs> I still I'm like his sure prediction. I'm I'm pretty sure I was calling it Wakandu and not Wakanda. I was going to point that out. That <laughs> yeah, Wakanda like, became what, Wakandu. What, what the fuck? I thought you said Yondu. I was like... <laughs> yeah, I think I set that clip up incorrectly. But yeah, that was us trying to figure out um, the quote-unquote the only place it makes sense, which is I think a phrase I use numerous times to describe where the soul stone is going to show up and each one's different. I think it's the the first time too that I I think anyone really mentions Black Panther being a possibility for uh, the Soul Stone. Although I could be wrong, there might be another clip later. I I had, since I have these clips out of order, it's hard I, for me to keep track. Of I know for a fact that I did. I don't know if you yeah, have the th- clip or not, but I I know I was hard on the idea because that's like... where I'm thinking. I mean, I know you talked a lot about it. I don't remember if it happened before that or not. Is what I can't remember. Oh. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we hit it on the on the way in. Um. All right. So where did I leave off here? All right. So the next one is uh, back again to episode seventy two, our Doctor Strange review. Um. Yeah. So we keep coming back to this episode for different things. Um. I think Andy is the first one to predict which movie the Soul Stone will turn will turn up in. Um, and then completely fails on where it could be. And this is this is the first clip for, from what I'll call Bradley throws all kinds of shit at the wall and see what sticks, Infinity War theories. It's only the first one, I feel like. We've There's going to be so more, far. but this is the first time you've started throwing stuff at the wall. 
I wonder if the the soul gem won't even just be introduced in Infinity War Part One. I mean, that, yeah, that, as, as, that could kind be of like, like the opening act, like something that we've grown accustomed to not being as the soul gem is the soul gem, and then they're like, "Oh, it's been hiding in plain sight this whole time." Like, and oh, that'd be Mount a fun Thanos little twist. And then you're just like, "Oh shit, <laughs> that was an Infinity Stone." You know, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you what that could be, but I could see them using that. The first arc uh, reactor. Yeah. Just like, what the fuck? Oh, he cre- he <laughs> created the soul the soul gem and started this whole process because now the sixth Infinity Stone that was prophesized had been created. Uh, <laughs> so you know, it, they already told you the rest of the you know the gems were created already, <laughs> but it, it would just be hilarious. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a fun. That would be like the first act of the movie, and then like your mind is blown after the first act, and you're like, "What? It's gonna get better from here." Yeah, what? you're like, "Holy crap!" There you go. <laughs> uh, we should write that movie for them. Uh, you see, now you got me thinking of things it could be. Like <laughs> <laughs> now you've got my mind working on that, and I'm like, oh, "Now, it's now probably Mike's gonna not be that, really but... disappointed when it's not that." <laughs> it's just like he just shows up as a rock somewhere, and he's like, "Damn it!" And he told me it's gonna be something fun. <laughs> So, Andy, you got the right movie. It was in Infinity War Part 1. Yay! But it, it is not a known entity. It is, it is no, just no, somewhere no, else. Definitely not. In my defense, I feel like I was just throwing satire out there. I, I, don't, I feel like that was not meant to be serious. Oh, we took it seriously. <laughs> hey, as many times as we have said, oh, we sh- that's a great idea. We should write that ourselves. We should make that ourselves. Hey, you got to start with some kind of idea, no matter how far-fetched it might seem at the time so <laughs> bradley's an ideas man he's getting he's he's putting things up on the board he definitely throws some ideas out there that's for sure most of them are shit but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> gotta have somewhere to start uh all right so the next one is from episode 99 this was our black panther trailer review or discussion um this one features this is me andy and becky um, talking about uh, if the Soul Stone could be in Ragnarok, or if it could show up in Black Panther. So we have Thor in this movie, where we could possibly see an Infinity Stone. Do we think that could show up in Black Panther, or do you think the, it's just too obvious that it's going to be in Thor? Uh, I don't know. I, I really still think it's going to be in Thor. I mean, how else does yeah. Hell destroy Mjolnir? I mean, Mjolnir, Mjolnir. <laughs> I have to agree with him. I. I think it's just too obvious. Now, that being said, of all the places to hide an Infinity Stone, Wakanda's perfect. It would be a good place yeah. to hide it. But I mean, maybe they get a lot of their technological advances from studying the stones, that so was that an could idea. be another yeah. thing, too. If um, you look at what like Red Skull did with the cube to power a bunch of weapons and technology, Wakanda could use that from a cube, too. Earth I don't stone. know if that's part of the comics at all. Nothing. It's knows. probably no, not. No. No. Um, most of their economy centers around um, exporting and or protecting and developing vibranium. Because okay. vibranium, what Captain America's shield is made from, is uh, is all in Wakanda. Plus, you got to figure too. If if you find out that an Infinity Stone is what's causing their technological advancement, that kind of takes away from the Wakanda people a little bit. Yeah, I I completely agree with that, honestly, and I think that would take away from their self-development. So I hope that the Infinity Stone, I think that we should just go with the obvious here and just say it's with Thor. Yeah, I think that's (laughs) that's a safe bet. We'll find out in November. 
So we, we're still putting money on Thor at this point. We still think Thor is the place to go for the Soul Stone. Plus, I actually figured out how to say that country's name. <laughs> <laughs> You're learning, Andy. You're learning. It's a slow curve, but yeah. <laughs> um, so this is still Soul, Soul Stone theories. This is episode 115. This is our Thor Ragnarok review. So this is sort of the setup that I I said earlier. I should have saved it for this one. So this is we were surprised the Soulstone didn't show up in this episode or in this movie, which we all at this point f- assumed this was the logical place for it to show up. Um, and we're trying to figure out if maybe we missed it somewhere in the movie. And then I feel like Bradley gives us another throw shit at the wall theory. I think I think it starts this clip if I remember correctly. Is the Eternal Flame going to be an Infinity Stone, or is the final Infinity Stone in Wakanda? I don't. I'm going to say no to both. Yeah, same. No to both. Yeah. No to both. I actually read a theory about that final Infinity Stone. Okay. Um, I read a theory uh, that Heimdall actually has the final Infinity Stone. Interesting. He's just hanging on to it to keep it from people. Which is why he can. See everything. The Soul Stone. Um, I might be able to buy that. Yeah, because the one the one we're missing is the Stole Stone. So whatever yeah. wherever this shows up, it it has to have some sort of properties that would lend itself to be the Soul Stone. So where? Which, so your assumption is that it's going to turn up for the first time in Infinity War? Then, in my mind, yeah. that's the only logical place it's going to show up. I would have put my money on it showing up in this movie, but since I don't think it is readily apparent, it is in this movie. I would think it's going to be the last one Thanos tracks down in Avengers 4, or 3, in, in Infinity War. Yeah, I really expected Hela to have an Infinity Stone, because she was so powerful, powerful enough to, you know, destroy Mjolnir. Right. Uh, you kind of expected her to be juiced up a bit. <laughs> okay. Well, one other theory, too, that I had read, and uh, actually, Josh, when I saw it the second time, I didn't pick up on it the first time, but... When I saw it the second time, I went with Matt and Elena, and Elena turned to me and said, ooh, is that an Infinity Stone? And I was like, ooh, you picked up on an internet theory that I didn't even think about. Which is? The tip of Grandmaster's staff. Hmm. Whatever he uses to liquefy that guy, the end of it is orange, which is the color we're missing, I think? Mm-hmm. Granted, it shows no properties, I feel like, of a, of a soul stone. It doesn't, like, suck that guy's soul out. It just melts him. So... Okay. Yeah, Every other you, stone you, up to this point or has given some sort of property. Body when they remove your soul. Yeah, you don't know his soul's not in that orb. Well, it's, it's, yeah. It could. Huh. That's that's true. I mean, they don't. Again, they don't readily show you or tell you that it's in there. But they kept the mind stone in Loki's staff for yeah two movies or three movies. So yeah, did they true. tell us that it was going to show up in this movie, or is that all just fan theory? No, that's yeah. I think we all just assumed it would. Okay. Yeah, because it doesn't well, make sense for a stone to show up in Black Panther. No. Why? I don't. Black Panther's not too. I I think it would be too well, much of a coincidence. Like it, well, it, it, yeah, it, it would just seem is, though, too jammed well, in there. Wakanda, even in the comics, is the most advanced society on the planet. And yeah. See, this is what we talked about before. I think that if if Wakanda's advanced technology is reliant on an Infinity Stone, it takes away from what Nakanda Wakanda does as a culture. And I think it's too coincidental to have like a third well, Infinity Stone show up on Earth. Which is why I was happy that it actually didn't show up okay. in this movie, because we have already had two stones tied to Thor movies and Asgard. 
Well, do we think it's possible that Thanos already has that one, and that's why we haven't seen it? It's possible. Yeah, both are possible. I mean, that that to me seems fair. Way, I mean, what you're saying about Wakanda seems fair, but it's also... There's some reason that their technology is so far advanced beyond the rest of the world. Because they're smarter than everyone. Uh, it, it could be another well, explanation, even if it's not just that. But Yeah, I think, yeah, Vibranium will put in a lot to that, too. But that's what I mean. Like, if if they're over-reliance on an Infinity Stone to get them above and beyond everyone else, it, I feel like, again, it takes away from what that culture does and what they can do with Vibranium. Okay. But I don't know. To me, I, I would I would be pissed if they did that. But again, that's that's my opinion, I guess. I I would rather see the Wakandans be smart enough and scientific enough to use vibranium the way they do to enhance their culture and lifestyle and all that stuff, as opposed to just seeping power off of an infinity stone to make that happen. Okay. Fair enough. Andy, I think I was the one on that one that could not say Wakanda. When <laughs> Kanda. <laughs> I I think I was pretty obsessed with Hella destroying Mjolnir because it's been on like every fucking clip so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, every time like... I'm talking, I'm like Hella Mjolnir, roar! <laughs> you really held up on that, Darcy from uh the Thor Thor two, the early Thor. <laughs> yeah. I I do like the idea of the melting stick. Possibly having been a stone, that would have yeah. been fun. Especially if the Grandmaster had to have like some interaction with like the extraction of the stone or the power or something, that would have been a lot of fun. You you could put an infinity stone in Jeff Goldblum's hands. Like that's just gold right there. Yeah. It writes itself. <laughs> as much as I'm that's kind the of... one shot we need to make. <laughs> I, I still love the one shot they did make with the Grandmaster being the guy's roommate. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Um, and I'll still stand by my argument that a Soul Stone and the Wakandans learning how to harness its power is no more uh, less impressive than learning how to harness Vibranium. Um... I'll stand by that, because I don't think it would have stepped on their advancements in any way, because Vibranium itself is the most overpowered thing on the planet to begin with. Um, It's, you know, like... But, I'd stand by that argument, even though I was blatantly wrong. Well, don't worry, because I think the next couple of clips, we still argue this point. So this one's from the Infinity War trailer when we were talking about it for episode 117. This is this is you sticking to your Wakandan theory and and me thinking you might actually be right this time. Like speaking of Wakanda, since this the end of this trailer really focuses on Black Panther and some sort of huge ass fucking battle happening outside of Wakanda. I'm trying to like piece it together like what would lead to a battle of that size. And the only thing that makes sense to me is they are defending an Infinity Stone. Yes. Which would mean, Mike, I feel like you're the one that's been talking about this the whole time. You may be right that maybe Wakanda does have that sixth Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think it's there. And I think, obviously, we'll find out what why it's there and what it's capable of in Black Panther. Okay. Well, yeah. And 
I, I think that's the case. But I, I guess we'll see. I mean, you still thought we were going to see it in a Black Panther. I mean, you so weren't was... wrong that they were defending an Infinity Stone. It just wasn't right. the stone we thought they'd be defending. Right. So you um, were still right. I was still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next one I have, this one's a little bit long. This one's uh, almost five and a half minutes. Um, this is from our Black Panther review. This is episode 126. Um, at this point, I'm going back to not being sold that it's in, in Wakanda. Uh, both mics are on this episode, Romano and Bradley, and both of them are, are against me on this one. Uh, all right, so I'll let you guys sort of decide and dictate where this goes. Anything spoilery that you want to have free reign to talk about that you want to touch on? Um, first thing I'll touch on is how convinced are we that the flower is the final and last Infinity Stone, the Soul Gem, is located and has something to do with it. Um, it does allow T'Challa and anybody to commune with the souls of previous Black Panthers, previous ancestors. Oh, that's a good, that's a good call. It must be. It has to be something like part. It can't be the flower. No, the obviously. Gone. Well, so the flowers are flowers. That, they're they're so, all. So it has. It has to be growing the flowers. Well, they said was... it was like the meteorite, like right. in the in the whole prelude thing. The meteorite. Oh, hit, that's right. You're right. Hit in Africa, which was the vibranium, and then like spread to the soil, and that's where the flower came from. So what you're thinking? The in stone the could be in the meteorite. Mm-hmm. It has to be at the heart of it. So my my thought on that is also based on we see in the trailer they're fighting in Wakanda. Why the hell else would they be fighting in Wakanda if they weren't invading and trying to take something from Wakanda? Otherwise, I I feel like Black Panther, Winter Soldier, and all that crew would go to wherever Thanos is and presumably New York is what it looks like from the trailer. Yeah, one of the questions I was going to ask is if we still... Because I know we talked about this on other episodes before. If we were still convinced that the other, the last Infinity Stone is in Wakanda or just somewhere else. I guess Mike, you're still sticking be. that it's in Wakanda. It has to be. Because they wouldn't be playing up Wakanda this much before, if not. And the fact that they have all this tech because of an alien stone or a meteorite. You know. Well, I've said I, this to, to Bradley, too. I think when we've talked about it, is... I think if suddenly the Wakandan society and tech is based on an Infinity Stone, I think you're taking away from that society's ingenuity. Well, I, I think what it what it's doing is the fact that it's like everything. Like I think they might go the way of because of the you know how people think sometimes. Like some people think that like you know everything has a soul. The Earth has its own soul, all mm-hmm. that junk. And if you take that, if the meteorite or is in fact a, the Soul Stone. It amplifies everything. So basically, all my, in my opinion, all it's doing is amplifying the iron ore, or whatever metal that was there, making it into vibranium. And okay. just like it, it amplifies the human when they take it. The the you know. So I I think that I think that if if they were going to go anyway, I think that would be the way it would have to go, and that the people were just smart enough to understand how to work with it, make it, use it, and harness it. Okay. The only, my only argument for you guys is I think the color has to be different. What do you They've mean? Already, oh, is, the soul stone, is it the soul stone purple? Orange. Soul stone is supposed to be orange. Oh. And since the power stone is already purple, I don't think they'd use purple again. Uh... Yeah, they, they, the soul stone is supposed to be orange, um, and they, they've stayed fairly true to the colors thus far. 
Um, but I, I, I don't think we've seen the stone. Just because the flowers are purple, I don't think that means the stone has to be purple. See, I would think the stone it would be buried at the heart of whatever they're doing. And it's just enhancing perhaps a flower that was otherwise purple and making it into a super flower that is also still purple. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, so I wasn't even thinking about the color of the stone. Because it's, just, I, a, I it's just a plant. You know what I, I mean? get your reasoning, Bradley. I'm I'm not buying it, just me personally. <laughs> I I, I could if so, they do it that way, I can't be I can't be like, oh okay, I don't I don't believe that because you've explained it well enough that I'd I'd be fine if they did it that way. I just don't think that's what they do. Okay, I'm so I'm convinced in, it's not on Earth. So in your opinion then why are they fighting in Wakanda? What, I just think the battle leads them there. I, I'm sure I'm sure Well we see it, him in New York. We see his arrival in New York. That's Thanos, but he still has other other underlings that need to. Right. So, so what I'm saying is, why is he sending his underlings to Wakanda? Why, why, why Wakanda? I mean, I don't know the story, so I can't I can't argue well, otherwise. That, well, I'm just saying that, like, that's if, the if there's that no we're stone there, the only thing Wakanda I can is because he's sending something there for some reason. If there is no stone there, and maybe there maybe there isn't to begin with, and but maybe the stone ends up there in the course of the movie. Um, fair enough. And if that's not the case, I'd even just say Thanos knows that these guys are a threat and wants them wiped off the board. Yeah, well, you know what? I, no, what Brian said though too is that could be a possibility. If the stone they they take it though, since like Wakanda's now come out as like this power nation, and they have all this advanced tech and stuff like that, maybe that's the thought is to take it there to protect it. I just feel like that if if uh, if you know they they say a meteorite came from the heavens, that it, I, that's so hard not to be a, you know. I, I yeah I I I, I personally I, I agree I think that's what it would be so hard to play against that. I have a theory. So we we eventually got there and got something right. They did fall back and def- defend an Infinity Stone. Wakanda Wakanda came into play there. I I really painted you into a corner at one point there, just trying to be like, well, yeah. you tell me what happens in the story. Then. Uh, sorry in retrospect. Um, <laughs> it's the heat of the moment. I understand. Yeah. Um. I, I you know I still I I like both theories that you know like several of these theories that I've heard or I think they still sound good even though they weren't true. Like Andy's yeah. theory that Hella was using it, I I still feel like that's a sound theory. And you know, communing with the dead and having something to do with the Soul Stone and Black Panther, I think it's a sound theory even though it was wrong. You know, considering at the time all we have to go on is mostly these trailers that sort of hint, and if you you infer a lot of stuff from trailers anyway, so go, based on limited information, knowing just, how much the Russo brothers like to debate us, I'm just done with trying to figure stuff out. <laughs> like, I've watched a lot of these trailers for the new one, and I'm telling you, some of the shit they could just be throwing out there could be really, really set up to bait us into thinking certain things are going to happen. So, we shall see. Yeah, trailers are always cut for certain misdirection, I feel like. Especially these trailers. Maybe not every trailer, but definitely definitely MCU-related stuff. Um, so, next clip I'll play is from our Infinity War prep. That was episode 131. Um, Paula presented a theory that's similar to what uh, Mike just... What the Mike's just talked about, which we just heard. Um, and then... 
I, I used it mainly because Bradley throws out another one of his throw shit at the wall. Let's see what sticks theories. Yes. Uh, which is, I think this one and the next one are, are both two similar but different Soulstone theories. I um, have a theory that has something to do with one of the Infinity Stones. Ooh. Okay. Let's hear it. I love this. Uh, am I allowed to? Okay. Yeah. And this it's is a like theory, jumping into. Not okay. So we don't know where the Soul Stone is, correct? Correct. Right. So what if you know it's in Wakanda, powering some purple flowers that could have some kind of effect on healing Bucky? Is that too off the wall? I've heard variations of that theory. I think. Mm, okay. Um. But you're referring to the purple flower that gives Black Panther his power? Yes. So um, from what I have been researching is could ha- uh, the Soul Stone have come to Wakanda through a meteorite or something like that, landed in Wakanda, and that's why it's going to be like a big part of, can I say, can I keep going with that? Should I stop right there? Well, I do kind of actually want to put a pin in it because I think that's going to bring out a whole bigger like once we start peeling back the layers right. of that, that's going to be a bigger discussion. So I sort of want to put that uh, put okay. a pin in it until we get to the other stones. But you kind of see where I'm going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it could be in the earth, or you know, fueling whatever those little purple flowers are. Maybe it's helping okay. heal him. So I don't know. But what I was going to say is just to touch on what Paula said in a different tone. And this is going to sound crazy, but it is the Soul Stone. What if Bucky is the Soul Stone? That is crazy. It is crazy, <laughs> but how? But what, I mean, what if there's something to what they did to him with the Soul Stone that made him the way he is? As in better or the Winter Soldier? Both. Because it's the Soul Stone. When he becomes himself again, the Soul Stone enables him to do that. But when he doesn't realize himself, he is able to be controlled. They're able to control his soul. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's it's ridiculous. But I say ridiculous things. (laughs) I would say this. If you find a, a pole somewhere that you can put like five bucks down onto what the explanation for the Soul Stone is going to be, and you... The Deadpool. Yeah, <laughs> if you play that, because your odds will be astronomically horrible. <laughs> so put like a small bet down on it, because if it does pay off, you're gonna make out like a bandit. I'll put most of my money on we don't see the Soul Stone in Infinity War. I'd, at all, I'd say we don't see it till the second movie. <laughs> you got a lot going for you there, Mike. Bucky is the Soul Stone, <laughs> which you got wrong. Saving the soul and stone, then, like a hard, Avengers hard four. left turn. Oh yeah, well if that's if that's not the reason, then it's not there at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, at least I acknowledged it was crazy when I said it. <laughs> that's true. You you do know you're pulling these out of left field, so I give you that. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's fun to as, theorize. I, yeah, I mean, and as much as we've gone through so far, it does sound like if you pulled a lot of these ideas together, you almost could write an interesting like fiction mythology or narrative using some of these ideas just like make up a whole brand new story and you could like have your own <laughs> thing because you have enough available there 
Oh yeah, there's a, we should we should just craft a story with every every idea that we've thrown at the table. Just just somehow make it to all gel together. See if we can make that work. Um so Bradley continues his what if the soul stone is a person theory. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh fr- from the same episode, uh he tries it with this person. I have a one big theory. And this is what I've held back, but I'm going to bring it up since you're talking about Cap going out on this one. Okay. The, the the first question in this theory that I have to ask is why does Thanos all of a sudden decide he's going to come after the Infinity Stones? My presumption to answer that is that something that happened within this Marvel Universe triggered his interest in the Infinity Stones. My assumption as to what happened was the creation of the Soul Stone. Or the rebirth of the Soul Stone. One or the other. Creation, rebirth, however you want to look at it. Uh, I would say probably rebirth is a better term for it. So something triggers that rebirth. What is triggered? Uh, What triggers that? Cap. When they create Captain America, perhaps they create a new Soul Stone. Perhaps the Soul Stone is something because it's a soul. It has to be the purest of souls. The most well-meaning, whatever, blah, 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 so on down the line, of souls. And it has to be something that triggers Thanos to have interest. I don't, I, I, don't, I wouldn't buy any of the, the theories where the stone is a person. I don't think the stone is a person. I think the create, like, Cap embodies the soul that makes the soul stone. So are you saying somehow the stone becomes a part of him? Or yes. because of his creation, it creates the stone somewhere else in the universe? I, I feel like it's a possibility. I don't think it's likely, but if it happens, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Are we taking bets on that, too? Like, <laughs> I'm not laying... I mean, now's the time. Get it on I record. have thrown down so many theories. I, if I start betting on every one of them, I'd lose because I have too many. Again, at least you're aware of what you're throwing out there. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I... I feel like that's why we need to cut the episodes down by like an hour and a half each because I just keep talking and I just keep <laughs> shoveling shit out that just keeps coming and coming and coming. Um, yeah, I, I can't defend that at all. I mean, <laughs> it, we, we, we could work on a theory now, you know, but like, you know, the whole idea of Gamora being inside the Soul Stone and it kind of being a person, but that's it, it's not, but it it still holds souls or something. We're not really clear exactly how it's going to be explained at this point. Yeah, I feel like that's inferred in Infinity War. Yeah. It's inferred, but we don't know how they're going to explain it. Like we don't know yeah. what all's entailed in it. But I I feel I don't know. I feel stupid for some of the shit that comes out of my mouth when I talk about theories <laughs> like that, but Hey, well, know. we'll see if this is any better from the same episode. Josh gets his own little crazy theory. <laughs> um, I think I think you mostly finish strong in this clip. I think you get a little bit wrong, but it's sort of sort of try to bring it back around. But uh, here's what I got. All right. I'm going to throw out a theory that I literally just made up and thought of. Cool. <laughs> Do it. Um, a point that's been brought up for like two years as we've been discussing this stuff was can it please be somewhere other than Earth or Asgard? That is my feeling. Ta- yes. you know, can it be something other than tied to Earth or tied to Thor? Um, and even though this this other one is slightly tied to Thor just because he gives us the 
exposition of it in the first Thor movie, um, he explains to Jane Foster the structure of the realms and that they are all kind of tied to whatever. I, I can't remember the name right now, but basically like the universal Yggdrasil. tree. Yggdrasil. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, the, the nine main realms of the universe are branches, if you will, of this main tree of existence. Right. Can't we end up there somehow? The, to what, the, just the, another realm? The tree? Somewhere? You mean? Yeah. To the to the core backbone of the universe. That's where you think they'll find I this soul felt stone? Like that Maybe. was hypothetical. Not it, well not even hypothetical, more like Metaphorical? Yeah, metaphorical. Maybe. I'm just spitballing. I I, I, I to to go to a point that I think Mike you brought it up that we don't see the soul stone in this. Um, I think I've said before, I think the, however they want to spin this, I think the, I still, I still think 98% of this movie is Thanos's journey to get the five. Actually get them all, but, but to get them through battle, coercion, whatever he does, and all the people and, and, uh, segments that are affected along the way. I think he gets the sixth one in the last ten minutes of the movie. And that completion is what then prompts the arc for, again, part two, whatever they're going to end up calling it, because they, they didn't want to call it part two anymore. And then the main conflict of what he does with that is the overarching plot of Avengers 4 next year. So I feel like you you inferred that like the the big event would happen in the next movie, but we still kind of get that at the end of Infinity War. True, but you did call getting the the last one in the last ten minutes and completing the gauntlet. So you you got that part there. I still think it would have been cool if it had something to do with the the tree of the universe, but it would have been a nice callback to stuff. Yeah, it w- it would have been one way that because several of us mentioned it through all these discussions. You know, would it be something that we've heard before that wasn't obvious, but kind of hiding in plain sight and yeah. that, you know, any element that would have existed throughout the movies without it um, being just arbitrary would have would have been interesting. So this is uh second to last clip. Um, this is jumping back to 72, episode 72. Again, Doctor Strange review. Uh, so this is uh, I presented a thought that I still think could pan out. Um, and I think at the very end of the episode too is is the first call out for a stone in Black Panther. I just because the know, kicker is that when that movie comes out or when that movie's made, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and Robert Downey Jr. are at the end of their contracts. Yeah. So they could technically wipe those three characters out, and they don't have to come back. That's I'm, I'm that's, sorry. Uh, that's a that's a very uh, I think I shed a um, tear the, just the, there. Depressing. <laughs> well, here's concept. the thing cuz comic books kill characters all the time. They always come back somewhere later down the line. I do think it would be good for a movie-going audience to wipe those three characters out and have them stay dead for a while. I think that would raise the stakes for everyone else involved. It sure. solves your recasting problem because you don't want to recast these characters after these guys played them so well. 
right. and you have enough characters built up in the MCU now that can sort of fill the gap. Like, you can have Doctor Strange step up, and Black Panther step up, and Captain Marvel step up, and all these people There's another build option, another Avengers way. team. Black Panthers could be where the Soul Gem turns up. Do we want another... Do you think there's going to be another Soul Gem on Earth, though? Um, yeah, I feel like it has to be somewhere else. I think there's enough. To it's got to be like on a, in a different realm or, or cosmically, right? So there you go, Mike. You get the official first mention of Black Panther, possibly having a stone. Uh so I started off the being wrong about that strong. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> good to know that I started that train rolling. You can you can be the guy on the comment section that says first. <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy. <laughs> that guy's the worst in every comment section. So he may be the worst, but he was the first. <sighs> <laughs> you can't argue that. No, not at all. Um, all right. So the the last one I have. This is this is the longest one. This is like the eight and a half minutes ish one. Um, this is from one thirty one Infinity War prep. This is when we tried to really decipher characters that would die. Um, so this is Paula, Josh, Bradley, and myself talking about our predictions on who could die, how many, and it spins into how we think Infinity War could end, which I think, I mean, we've got, in in past clips, each of us, I think, has nailed different bits of the end of Infinity War. I think there's a, there's a good bit in here that you, I guess, you guys get right. Uh, let's kind of spin off to, we've already sort of been talking about it, but like theories and, and speculation for what we might expect from Infinity War. Um, the most obvious question I have is that who do we think, or if anybody, will bite the big one in Infinity War? Or do you think they'll save any character deaths or all deaths until Avengers 4? I, I think you've got to have at least one major and one supporting hero death in this or two major ones at least um i i heard a really good idea of how cap might go out and if he did i think he's a good candidate to go out in this one i think you have i think you have to lose at least one of the big three and at least one more prominent sidekick slash ancillary so like b team hero as well Paula, do you have any predictions on uh, characters that might go in this one? Or do you think they'll save them for Avengers 4 or um, anything I've like that? Just, I'm going to be really sad if somebody dies because <laughs> that's just who I am. But I think it's, I don't know, I might actually say Iron Man. Um, I mean, you can say no one's going to die. If you want to go that I, route and you predict everyone's going to make it out of this alive. I don't want them people. to die, but I think someone's going to die. And I think it okay. might be Iron Man. Okay. Okay. Um, He's the one and only for you. The only one you're you're putting money on. Yeah. Uh, Mike, yeah. what do you think? Um, I think mass carnage. Um, <laughs> everybody, di- everybody dies. I uh, so what's the not? Do we have a rough number on how many Avengers we can anticipate to be in this movie? Fifteen, something like that. It's more than that. I think. I think. I thought the character count was somewhere in the twenties. Okay, I'll say at least twelve. Um, <laughs> okay. If it's in the 20s, I'm going to say roughly 
a little more. I mean, how many are on the poster? Just you can probably just count the poster and see how many people are on the poster. I'm not doing that. I'm just gonna say There's one, two. <laughs> Josh he's, got it. He's quicker three, than me. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. I'm saying about sixteen. All right, then. Then I'll throw out the number nine. Oh, of the people on the poster, I'll say eight. Um, That's harsh. That's you really think harsh. Half of the characters get taken out. I I see repetition from the comic books, um, and according to the comic books, that number would be even greater. But they can come back because they can. What he does can be unmade, and perhaps some of them don't get brought back. Yeah, I I'm think hoping they what don't do Mike that. is referring to and why he's grabbing half of them is because one of Thanos' first acts is to exterminate half of life in the entire galaxy. Right. And so if that holds true to the comics, however many we're talking about, half of that are gone. Yes. And I and I'm actually thinking that's going to happen for shock value. Because we know about this. We have talked about this several times. Your general movie going audience has no idea that that's what happens in the comic book. And this is why Touché. I think, going back to what Josh said, that Thanos gets all the ge- all the stones at the end of this one, completes the gauntlet, and that's where you end. You snap half the life of the galaxy out, half the people just wink out of existence, you see half the Avengers just disappear, and that's where you end Infinity War. Oh, I think we gotta see him die. I mean, you could go, if you want to do gruesome deaths, we could do that. Well, not, well, not, not necessarily even gruesome deaths, mean they just don't. kind of a, like a, you know, and down suffocate type of thing just a kind of like they're hit with the killing curse of yeah and yeah and they're gone yeah i don't think i don't think you play it where like their material being somehow ceases to be and they're like all of a sudden physically not there they just crumple okay yeah J- just like hit the bricks and like what they say like cutting like cutting the strings from a marionette yeah yeah and I, I could see that easily happening because, like I said, one, they can retread those steps on whoever they decide to for the next movie. Yeah. Because they can bring back whoever they want. So, I don't see all of the major ones going down. Um, Hawkeye's gone for sure. <laughs> I, think, I think... He's got kids, Dan. <laughs> I he think is the only one with, just, like, They're just building children. him up. Building him up to take him out. I'll say Iron Man or Cap will go in this one, and Thor. I say Thor goes, and Iron Man or Cap. One of the two. Not both, one or the other. Right, Thor and then one of the other. Hulk survives, and one of the other survives. Of the main four. Um, I say Black Widow goes down, um, to be brought back later, but goes down. Um, Hawkeye lives. I think they're going to make... Just because everyone's predicting him to die. Hawkeye's going going to to be the hero. I I think they're trying to... I think they're going to play that heavy emotional moment where Hawkeye or Black Widow has to watch one or the other die. Okay, And Vision and Scarlet Witch has to watch one or the other die. And everybody's going to see their closest loved ones. One of them's going to have to see it happen. And you're going to have to see all those reactions at the end of the movie. And if you want me to like go final, like at the end of the next movie and all that, I think we still have Thor alive. I think Cap's dead. Robert, or not Robert Andrew, Tony's alive. I say even, Hulk's alive. Even by the end of Avengers four. Yes, I say he's hanging really? up. I, I say he's hanging up the suit and uh, moving on. 
yeah, people say Hawkeye because he's the easy target, but in you know, if the rumors about Black Widow getting her own movie are true, we have to assume that she lives. But I'm gonna say they throw us a curveball, and her movie's a prequel, and she dies. Uh, I'm gonna throw out my guesses. I guess sure. Um, I, I I know we've talked about usually when I bring this up, I always look at it practically for who I think is contracted past these Avengers movies. <laughs> So, from what I understand, I think I feel like the latest I've I've read, I haven't read anything recently, but the last time I read something like this, like Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, those three are on the chopping block. Their contracts are up after Avengers four. Ruffalo should have a couple more movies under his belt to go, um, and you know some of the ones that they're they're they've only had one movie under their belt that they're trying to kick off into other sequels. Black Panther's gonna live, Doctor Strange is gonna live, Spider Man's gonna live. Um, trying to think who else is out there that hasn't really done too much yet. Um, but I think I'm going to say Cap and Iron Man both go. I think out of the big three, I think Thor will be the one to come out of this alive. I think, I think they let Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. go as far as contracts. I don't think if they want to bring them back later, they could. So they might, they may quote unquote die in one of these movies, either three or four. Um, but they're, you know, Marvel always has a way there's always an out. I'm sure they could write these people back in if they want to come back after their contracts are up and make more movies. I'm sure they would pay them for a one-off movie here and there. I think Hemsworth might be the most willing to do more. I think Evans, I feel like, just wants to take a break. Robert Downey Jr., I could see taking a break, but he makes so much money from these movies, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back, too. Um, Ruffalo, I think, is safe. So, yeah, I think, for sure, I think Cap is is on the chopping block for me. Robert Downey Jr. would be my number two. Everybody else, I mean, secondary characters. I think you could pick pretty much any one of them, and and they're on the chopping block. Like Wong could go. Sure, he's probably safe. I'm trying to think, I don't know what other secondary characters they're pulling in to the movie. So yeah, that's sort of sort of where I'm at. And I don't really know if I can put money on them going in Avengers in Infinity War or if they go in Avengers Four. That's where I'm a little torn. So, you guys had the uh, so, sort of the death sequence, right? I think the the cutting the strings of the marionette type thing that that comparison I think fits. And you know we we still predicted that Thanos would get all the stones, wipe it, wipe out half the life at the end of the end of the movie, which panned out. Um, started calling out characters wrong though. We <laughs> Paula said Iron Man was going to go. Iron Man's still on the board. Bradley thought Thor. Cap or Iron Man, Black Widow, that they were going to go at the end of this one. They're still on the board. Yeah, I mean, in but retrospect, still, still the, the, the ones they left alive make sense. Leaving the original yeah. six alive, it makes right. the most sense. Let them save the day. The original Avengers, let them do it. And I guess, logically thinking at the time, that would have made sense, too. <laughs> well, I like the logic of, like, you know... One character that everyone is close to was going to go. Well, I mean, we got that like exact that. scene. Like, that happened through yeah. the whole thing. So, I think that was... That's that's just easy movie writing. Like, you're going to have all these characters die. Do you want to have, like, Black Panther watch Groot die? No. you, you Like, you don't set it up that way. It's not... Right. Makes no sense. So, that wrote itself, I think. Um... Yeah. 
So that is the last clip that I have. Um, I know we're already like really pressed for time. Any any clips, uh, favorite theories or predictions from the clips you guys heard that you you liked hearing again? I mean, uh, just caught your attention as batshit crazy as some of the stuff we all came up with. <laughs> like like every every one of us, we all shared it. Um, oh yeah, definitely. And I, I guess it I it's it's been a while since I've listened back to something where we we really try to reason a lot of this stuff out. That's why I kept but we're some. Still like I could so freaking far off. I could have very easily just took everything out of context and just like when Bradley just says, "What if Bucky is the Soul Stone?" and just let that go. <laughs> but if he doesn't remember why he said that, I can't let him defend himself if he doesn't remember his thought process. I, I would have been fine with it because you know what? I'm a jackass for suggesting it to begin with, so I would have deserved it. <laughs> so yeah, I tried. I tried to keep some of the explanations in there because you know how you your frame of mind from two years ago. You're not going to remember what the hell you were thinking and and where your thought process went. Um, but I guess since this is basically our lead into Endgame, just one final time, any final predictions we want to get off our chest? Any, we'll go one more round of like, who do you think's going to die type of thing? Um, and then that's probably what we'll close it down. So any, any, any final thoughts you guys want to get out, get them on the record. I still think the trio, the main trio is gone in the end. Main trio uh, being Cap, I- Iron Man, Iron Man, Cap, Thor okay. are gone. Um, to be more specific on how events play out, I think, and we we talked about this before, but I think it's going to be revealed that the any souls that are reclaimed, etc., however you want to phrase it, by the Soul Stone are sort of put in a limbo, so to speak. They're not in, eliminated if you will yeah. obviously the bodies are gone but the souls are still there um so they are being held in in limbo in some way however they choose to portray that by the stone um and as i've said before i think the intentional line uh from cap in infinity war about not uh trading lives uh, I think that is exactly what's going to have to happen, at least from him. I don't know if that's like if him and Tony have to do it at the same time, if right. one of them makes a sacrifice play for the other in the end. And maybe that's how Tony shows how, you know, he finally forgives uh, Steve is maybe Tony has to make a sacrifice play for Steve, even though, you know, afterward in the end, Steve still has to give himself up for other people. Yeah. Um. That's what I'm. That's what I'm doing. Uh, the Guardians come back, Doctor Strange comes back, Black Panther comes back. Um, Bucky maybe. I th- Bucky or, at the very least, Bucky or Sam have to come back because one of them is going to take over the Captain America mantle. I think. Right. Right. So you need at least one of them. As of uh, anyone else who's still there, Bruce might be on the chopping block, depending on what they choose to do with him but um yeah he may be safe contractually but i don't know where they take the hulk where you from go here. with it after this yeah uh i think vision and scarlet witch i think are restored they make it out they got a, they got a disney plus show coming too this is true um, so does loki 
Yeah, we can well, right. yeah, instead of going yeah. through like every single character, uh that's that's where I'll leave it. Uh Andy? Any, any kind of last predi- minute any kind of prediction? predictions? Death predictions, anything you wanna get on record before in game? I think we may see some sort of a payoff to the Adam Warlock snippet. Uh, you think he might actually show up in this one? Maybe. And where else can that pay off? Guardians 3. I mean, I, th- I feel like they're 3. saving it for, yeah, Guardians 3 is okay. my guess. So maybe they tease it? I feel like if, like if he's not being used in the movie, in some pivotal role, I don't think there's a reason to have him even mentioned. I, mean, the- I always thought Adam Warlock kind of went... One and the same with like the in Infinity the, stuff in the yeah, comics. He yes, he, yes. He, he's like a driving factor to them. You know, him and Silver Surfer play a pretty big role. Yeah, and neither one are in this movie. Well, right. Surfer can be excused because they didn't have the rights. But they, right, but, that, but they I mean, teased Adam Warlock. You know, yeah. Well, one one potential caveat to that is we know that Guardians Two takes place only a few months after Guardians One. We don't necessarily know when Guardians 1 takes place in relation to anything else in the MCU. So there might be still a substantial amount of time between Guardians 2 and the and, and Infinity War. So the Adam Warlock arc that's teased in Guardians 3 could all take place before Infinity War. Yeah, and True. for my money, like I like the idea of him showing up there if they're going to bring him in because his character is so deeply tied to this storyline mm-hmm. that if you're going to bring him in afterwards and just be like, well, Adam Warlock's here now after the whole infinity gauntlet storyline ends. Okay. I guess what are we going to do with <laughs> him now? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything like that. Cause you, you're already shoehorning Captain Marvel in at the last moment. Right, and that's part of what, throws it down for me the only thing i could see is that it, like i don't think this is what's going to happen but if they bring adam warlock into this movie i think it is with captain marvel i was gonna say maybe captain marvel met up with adam warlock in the time that she was gone from earth and when they separate thanos from the stone she says hey i got someone who can separate these and protect them Okay. Yeah. Adam Warlock. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of. So he almost shows up like after after everything's done. Right. Yeah. She's like, "Hey, I know someone who can do stuff with this and knows how." And that would be more like an Easter egg. I'm thinking. Yeah. Post credits. Easter egg. Post credit. Yeah. 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 Because I don't think he'd play an integral part in the movie because that's another character you have to introduce people and try to explain to them why he's important. He'll be the Infinity Stone Swiffer. They need to give him something to do with the Infinity Stones. Right, they got to give yeah. him something to do with them, something, yeah, okay. or just right, ignore every on the history of the character. That that's their option. Uh, yeah, yeah, you just you know. <laughs> uh, anything else, Andy? Um, is, that your, is that your one and only? Any any death predictions? Characters going? I mean, I, I think I've been pretty upfront about the, at least one of the big three going. So. I'll say Cap, just because he's the easiest to replace. Okay. Uh, Mike, anything from you? Last minute? Um, I'd say Tony's going to survive. Um, like That's a solid prediction I would give, just because they already gave us the Tony's dead moment, and then went right back on it a few moments later 
when Thanos stabs him through the torso with a giant whatever the hell that was. Um, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to play that same card again on Tony. Um, I would be shocked to see Thor go because I feel like he's the one who would hold the universe together moving forward. Um, but again, that could be a big movie moment for them, a big shocker type moment to let him go. Um, Cap, I do see making the sacrifice play this time and, you know, like actually sacrificing himself to save probably Tony or perhaps, well, no, probably Tony. Like, in, I, I, I could see that happening. Um, I also wouldn't be shocked if all three of them came out alive. My shock scenario is all three of them die. Or just Thor dies in general. That would shock me. Um, if all three of them come out alive, it wouldn't surprise me. Because they can ride off into the sunset and say we're done with this. Like, we need to take a backseat role from now on and make sure this doesn't happen and train all these different people or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Other Yeah, they could just do cameos from then on out. Yeah. Something like that. Um, we finally get to hear Cap say Avengers Assemble. Um, please. I, I don't know if that's a prediction more <laughs> than a request. Um, I'm hoping that's the case. Finally. They've teased it enough. I'd, I'd like to just once, if this is the last time we're going to see Chris Evans as Captain America, let it happen. Um, and I, I'd say we're definitely going to get some sort of tease, perhaps, about what's next. Because we know the, you know the universe continues on here for Marvel one way or another with what happens. And whether it's in the movie or in a post credit scene, somewhere we're going to get a tease of a big bad. Maybe not the biggest big bad, but at oh, least... Oh, so like Mojo's world. <laughs> <laughs> but something. Um, I think we'll get that and uh, whatever that might be. Uh, I, I'm... Like, part of me is very much looking forward to seeing that post credit scene that gives us some snippet of what the next major threat is. Because we all kind of knew where this series has been going for a long time now. And I feel like this is kind of new in that we don't know what happens next. But to be fair, they didn't really tease where this universe was going until, like, the first Avengers. Which... Like, that's was, your first glimpse of Thanos. Yeah, but that's, what, 16 movies ago? Right, but I'm saying, like, I don't th I don't know if they'd lead into... Like, uh, as far as post-credit scenes, I would not be surprised if you don't get a post-credit scene in this movie. You think this is going to be the, the first movie that they don't give us a post-credit scene in? Or if they give us one, it's inconsequential. There's no, there's no tease of what's coming next. What's the movie that's after this one? Far from home, Far from Spider Man. Home. So that's the only one that's it'll, officially it'll probably, confirmed. It'll probably be a Far from Home tease. I, I'd even say it would be in the next Avengers, whatever Avengers Five is. So you don't think we're going to get any tease to what that villain for Avengers Five might be at any point? No, no. I think they might sprinkle that stuff through the next couple movies to lead up to Avengers, but I don't think you will get it in this in Endgame. No. Okay. I think this is more of an end cap for. 
10 years, 11 years of Marvel movies that have come before. I don't think they're going to set up the next one here. I think it's just going to be more of a love letter, a send off to these characters and these, this, these phases. I, I agree. Cause you didn't even get Thanos until the sixth movie in the series. Uh, well, was Avengers the sixth? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two Iron Man, Hulk, Cap, Thor, yeah. Avengers okay, six. Yeah, so- but but that's kind of what I was getting at, though, is I don't necessarily think it's going to be the biggest big bad in that it may just be a... Well, we didn't get Loki until, like, you know, what, two movies before uh, Avengers? Two, yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I understand that. I just mean, I think... I'm hoping there's if, uh... some tease of some sort or something about the story that ties in to... I kind of hope... I kind of hope they uh, maybe bring in some of the Fox stuff. If if we get a tease, that's the tease I would like to see. That a tease of like Doctor Doom or X Men related. Doctor Doom teams up with Magneto. <gasps> <laughs> they they don't even need to cast anyone. They could just show a hand on screen that pops claws. Like it, 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 yeah, even Doctor Doom, like you put a guy in a mask. Yeah, yeah, it's somebody, some or, inconsequential or the mask, thing, like being set down next to the Magneto helmet. Yeah, oh, something. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what are they called? I think Andy like, just creamed uh, his pants. <laughs> Masters pants? of Doom or something <gasps> like that. <laughs> and that's, that's what fair. Happened. I can't. That's can't what happens when you've the mask. The Masters hours. of Evil. The Masters of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. All right, uh, real quickly for me. Um, Cap's going. Iron Man will be alive, but he's done walking away at some point. Thor, I think, survives. Hulk, I'm going to say, lives. Um, secondary characters, I say War Machine's gone. I think I think Hawkeye could probably finally bite it in this one. I don't see Jeremy Renner coming back. Uh, Black Widow stays on. Um the obvious ones, Black Panther, Spider-Man, Guardians, Doctor Strange, they all, Captain Marvel, they're all going to sequels. They're all fine. Um, I think that's most of them. I can't for the life of Ant-Man and Wasp are fine. Um, so those are my uh, my quick uh, death predictions. Why uh, does everyone hate Hawkeye's family? You're just leaving them fatherless and just like fuck it he's gonna die See, he's, he's, he's inconsequential hey, he's not we, coming back we we're not gonna send him back to the farm just we fuck, don't him. Know. fuck maybe, Hawkeye every time maybe Laura time. and the kids didn't survive the snap who knows and that's that's my guess is that just a little bit that, that I've seen is that something something happens with Hawkeye's family and they're, they're he goes ape shit and maybe just doesn't survive th- that stuff um, so maybe he doesn't see his family come back that could be the ultimate sacrifice he he Play, he he goes on such a revenge spree that he he dies before he sees the ultimate solution of of them fixing everything. Um, yeah, That's I don't know. Dark. Yeah, hey, but, you know, well, at, at the same time, I don't think that it's going to be automatically that everybody who was wiped out in this in the first time gets to come back. I don't yeah, think, I think it's Loki stays just, dead. No, 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 no. I mean, from the snap. I don't think uh, it's just as easily that everybody can be restored. I, I I think there's some kind of equation that has to be worked out. There's an algorithm. There's something mystic about it. You know, however you want to think about it, it's not 
just that they're going to reverse the snap entirely. Yeah. And so maybe his family's gone and they stay gone, but that gives him, and you know what? It'd be really great after all the shit that that character has gotten over so many years. Like yeah. maybe there's a really badass moment that he gets that he, you know, maybe it's not like the death blow to Thanos or something, but there's a very integral part that right. he gets to play in like a sacrifice play or something. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I could, I, you know, the comic book storyline leads you to believe that uh, Nebula fixes everything. So I'm curious to see if that pans out in this movie. If Nebula somehow still redeems herself and saves the day in this whole thing, or if they spin it to somebody else. So I'm curious how closely that mirrors the comics. Um, I don't know. I think that's about it. I'm sure I could still spit stuff if I if I sat here long enough to th- to think of more stuff. But I know we've got been going way too long already. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wind it down for sure. Um, so that's our prep. Uh, hopefully this this you know at least interests you or or kept your attention for for as long as this episode's gonna end up being. Uh, for the lead into Endgame, we will, I'm sure, do a review that's probably going to be just as long uh, whenever that movie comes out, um, which you'll probably have to have to wait for. Because I mean, this I'm, I'm I don't know when this is going to go up. It's probably going to release the the week of Endgame, so you'll have this to listen to the the week that Endgame comes out. Do we have a runtime on Endgame? I heard uh, just three hours, three. ten minutes. Three hours. Yeah. Oi. So don't get that big gulp when you go in the theater. Nope. Get the big gulp, bring a catheter. Hit hit, hit the bathroom door in those previews. Don't give a shit about the previews. Just make sure you're emptying as much as possible. Yeah. Or or finish that big gulp and then just pee in the big gulp. There you go. Dumb and dumber it. Yeah. (laughs) What movie theater are you guys going to? Because I'm not going to be (laughs) (laughs) Half, half the theater. Well, no, I was going to say we'll be asleep because it's reclining chairs, but there's no way in hell I could sleep through three hours of this. I'd nah. be so amped up. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So if you've enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. As always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Guy and Super Friends or go to Facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, topic, comments, topic suggestions, all that stuff there. Or you can email us, Friends at gmail.com. I won't check it. You can try anyway. And you can tweet us at BG Super Friends on Twitter. That I will check, and we'll get back to you. On behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening to this almost four-hour podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.